Canada is suspending the rollout of one of the vaccines. I don't know which one uh, over fears about blood clots. So we're going to get into the specifics on that story. I want to be very careful with this because, you know, we want to make sure we're getting this data, uh, these stories accurate. But in the bigger picture, the reason this is important is that the Biden administration is reportedly planning a rollout of a national COVID vaccine passport or just a general vaccine passport, I guess, because I'm willing to bet this app is going to include all of the vaccinations you've gotten, not just COVID. We'll see. In New York, they already have this. And a lot of people are angry, rightly so, because even CNN compared it to be, to to Nazis demanding you show your papers. No joke. Fareed Zakari actually showed a scene where a guy was like, give me your papers. And then he is like, I don't have them. And then the cops are coming or whatever. That's pretty intense when even CNN is bringing up that argument. But they had this ethical dilemma about whether or not vaccine passports are legit. And so we're going to get into all of the deep philosophical and ethical questions around this. And I think it's fair to say when you've got countries that are, you know, issuing, issuing these warnings, when people with food allergies aren't supposed to get it, when pregnant women aren't supposed to get it, how are you going to roll out mandatory vaccines when you're also telling people why they shouldn't get it or certain countries are putting in restrictions? That seems absolutely just, just nuts to me. But we'll get into all this. We've got some other stories. There's a school. Apparently it's in Virginia, right? Yeah. Where the apparently these teachers are getting doxxed because they oppose critical race theory. And it's people in the school who are, who are, it's, it's a crazy story. I mean, the, the level of indoctrination from critical race theory is just getting nuts. Even Sesame Street now is coming outright against Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision, which is kind of shocking to me. So we'll get into it. Joining us today, of course, is Cassandra Fairbanks. Hey, thanks wanna, for having me. Quick intro, just maybe, you know, a um, couple seconds. I write for Gateway Pundit, um, irritate people on Twitter constantly. <laughs> I don't know. That's about there it. There you go. We got Ian chilling. What's up, everybody? Ian Crossland over here. Good to see you. Good to see you, And me in the corner pushing buttons. We're going to have a great night tonight. That's right. And we have an amazing sponsor tonight. Everybody, let's give a shout out to Pocketnet.app. In the description below, you will see the link to Pocketnet, a fully decentralized social media platform. They say, no corporation, open source, nobody can take your subscribers away. All advertising revenue goes directly to you as content creator. It is owned and self-policed by users like you. And these are all really, really smart things. One of the coolest things about this, they mention that it is a, it is totally decentralized. There's no central authority or corporation. The platform is run by equal nodes on a blockchain. All revenue is split between node operators and content creators. Node operators stake pocket coin in order to mint blocks with rewards and transaction fees. Half of rewards in each block go to content creators based on uh, ratings their content gathers from users. The reason why I'm stoked to have PocketNet as a sponsor is because we've often talked about the need for decentralizing social media. And it's one of the things we really want to implement, too, with TimCast.com. We want to incorporate some way that there can be a decentralized ability for individuals to comment, speak their minds, have their opinions, and no one can ban them. I think the, the, the reality of social media is that you need to put the individuals in control of what they see. Now, Twitter does this. You can block people. But for some reason, there's an obsession with manipulating and controlling that flow of information, probably, in my opinion, for political game. With a system like PocketNet, totally decentralized, there is no boss. There's no one who could take that power. So it's pretty cool. So special shout out and thank you to PocketNet for sponsoring the show. Their link is in the description below. You can go to pocketnet.app and check it out. And also, don't forget, go to timcast.com. And become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segments where we talk with our guests about a bunch of, you know, things YouTube usually doesn't want us to. Or sometimes we just kind of weird with it. We talk about, like, DMT and God. And uh, recently we had Jeremy uh, from The Quartering. 
We had Aaron Berg. We had Jody Shaw. We had Kurt Schlichter, Jack Murphy, comedian Chrissy Mayer. So make sure you go to TimCast.com, become a member, because this is how you support the show. And we're going to be rolling out a ton of amazing new content. I'm actually planning on hiring a news editor. We're going to be hiring some writers. We're going to start making articles. And we're even thinking about doing TV shows, movies, short films, and just going absolutely nuts with it. So again, go to TimCast.com, become a member. And I also want to give a, a, a quick mention for people who are curious about the specifics on what happened with Friday's show and being canceled. And there's no big conspiracy. There's no big controversy. Quite literally, there was some mis- miscommunication. We had Jeremy from The Quartering. Love him. He's an awesome dude. We were going to have him on for two nights in a row. But I guess at some point, someone gave him the wrong time to show up. And because we had already done a show with him, we kind of like exhaust a lot of what we want to talk about and a lot of ideas. We needed to do pre-production, and I guess Jeremy was given the wrong time, so that's totally on us. We were the ones who told him where and when to, to be, to be up here and be ready to go. And then by the time we were getting set up to go, we had like only a few minutes to actually launch. And I was like, dude, I just, I, I, I don't want to launch a show and be like, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're talking about. So maybe it just doesn't make sense. And it's our fault. And so I want to apologize to Jeremy for, for you know, that happening. It's totally our fault. That's all I can really say about it. But let's, uh, let's jump into the first story. About Fox, uh, I'm sorry, the Biden administration working with, it's from Fox Business, the Biden administration working with industry to develop COVID-19 passports as vaccinations progress. Passports offer a glimpse of a future that many are longing for after months of COVID-19 restrictions. I really love that Fox is saying that people are longing for vaccine passports. Aren't aren't you guys, Kondra, Ian, don't you want to be able to have an app where they can know everything about you and you scan it if you want to go shopping? I'm really bummed that it's an app and not paper. Makes things a lot more difficult. Show me your papers. <laughs> no, they're saying it's it's it, it will also be paper. Oh, okay. Oh my I th- god. I think COVID passports. Okay, hold on. This Let is me... like the social credit score in China. Right. Well, so they implemented a similar system. I'll just break it down very simply for for those that don't know what it is. You will have an app on your phone. You will put in all your private information, and then when you get vaccinated, it will have that information. If you go to the store or you go to a theater or you go to an airline, they'll have an app. But you must scan it to prove you've gotten your vaccinations. I think COVID is just the beginning. How long until they're like, oh, if you want to go to the store, have you gotten, you know, your hep shot or something like that or your your tetanus shot? Have you gotten your flu shot? Well, you got to have that. And with the ease of an app like this, the vaccine passport, they're calling it. And, you know, Walmart or whoever else can be like, you know what? Everybody should get flu shots. End of story. So you better carry around your papers, right? Yeah, I don't I don't have a phone. I don't carry paperwork around with me. Get off my back. I'm then just you can't wondering how long it's going to take for a black market for for them to spring up on it. You know, dude, there's I, fake IDs. Dude, there's so yeah, I feel like people obvious. are going to have hacked apps. Yeah. Like you're going to people are just going to jailbreak their phones and then make their own apps. Medical tracking is terrifying. I mean, if they make it so you can't do anything without it, people are going to find a way to get it, even if they don't actually want to get the vaccine or if they can't. Think about so. how crazy that's going to be, though. Like, you can't go to Walmart unless you have an app you can scan on the way in. Hmm. So what about somebody who doesn't own a phone, right? Let's say you're really, really poor. You can't even get any kind of smartphone. Even though there's some pretty cheap ones, you can't get it. And then what are they, you got to go, go to a place to issue a, a vaccine passport from a certain place on a card. They, they say that voter ID is racist because poor people and minorities struggle to go to the DMV. And I'm like, dude, the DMV has been around for literally ever. Everybody can ask someone, yo, where's the DMV at? If you if you if you went out outside right now and walked up to a random person and said, "Hey, where can I get a vaccine?" They're gonna be like, "I don't know." So you think poor people and these people you believe are underprivileged are gonna have an easy time figuring out how to navigate the system? Nah, they're creating some kind of like 
caste system. This is like when polio, the vaccine came, people wanted that vaccine because polio is crippling people. It was terrifying. It was deadly. It was devastating. So people wanted it. You didn't have to force them to get it and, and track to make sure they got it. Like people were just getting it because they needed it. They wanted it. This vaccine that's saying has a 99.97% recovery rate, this, this COVID thing. I don't think a vaccine is necessary, especially ones that are accessing blood clots for older people. Maybe for older people. Yeah. Maybe. But Lots we, of it's still are... so early in the process that the, they rushed it out in like a uh, six months. This yeah, vaccine's been time. out. I'm not. I'm not super opposed to the rushing process. I'm. I'm concerned about the non-approval process. You know what I mean? That as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so the FDA hasn't approved this yet. <clears throat> yeah. Both of those things concern me. I think that the rush is is scary. I mean, we don't know what the lasting effects of any of this stuff will be. We don't even know what the lasting effects of COVID will be. So. Just all of it, the rush, the lack of, you know, testing and approval, I I just, it, it freaks me out. And I, I'm very pro-vaccines. I'm not, like, anti-vax at all. I just think that people are rushing into this stuff. <laughs> yes, but I was reading about the approval process from the FDA. Did you know it's something like, it's something like six months to get, a, to get legitimate hard FDA approval? Yeah. So it's probably just going to be approved soon. So I'm, I, that's why a lot of people are like, well, it's an emergency use authorization. I think that matters because they now you got Canada talking about blood clots or whatever. Mm-hmm. It definitely matters. But I'd like to see FDA approval. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's unreasonable for me to be like, yo, you know, I don't think it's fair. New York's already rolling out the passports. Here's the bigger problem. It's not the government doing it. Biden's got a plan. Biden's working with industry, but they can't force anybody to do anything. What's going to happen is. You're not going to be able to board a plane. You're not going to be able to buy a ticket from Ticketmaster or whatever. They're going to, it's going to be social enforcement in the private sector. That's going to make all this happen. Like masks, for instance. What happened in Texas when they were like, yo, we're done with this. There was like some, some chain of grocery stores, something that said, nope, you still got to do it. I think Walmart was like, nope, you still got to wear masks. Their um, infection rates are going way down though right now. Yep. Yeah. So everything is just crazy. It's like. I don't know. I live in the woods up on a mountain. <laughs> I interact with like four people a week. <laughs> like I, I'm just like, I don't really feel like I need anything like this. Like we're fine. We're up in the mountain. You guys can do your things in the city. <laughs> but but yeah. So what about in cities though? What if they said vaccine passports only in the city and not in the mountains? I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> I do not. I don't want to go to cities. I hate going to cities. So I'll stay up on the mountain. You guys can get your papers down there. <laughs> when, when when did you, <laughs> you used to live in big cities? Yeah, I hate them. I like what, I, what happened. So I haven't been back to a city since I moved to West Virginia or I hadn't until last week because I had to take my cat to an emergency vet and it was a whole thing. But he had to go get surgery in Richmond. And I went there and I was like, wow, this is like The Walking Dead or something. Mm. Like, it was a, like apocalyptic? Yeah. It was just everybody's walking around masks. They're all like, I don't know. It's just really weird because I hadn't for the past almost a year. I've been up, you know, in the mountain, you know, where where I am. Pretty isolated. Like we go to the country store. Nobody wears a mask. We trying like, to buy a bunch of right wing nut jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I love my right wing <laughs> nut job community. But uh yeah, everything's like normal. Like you have to wear a mask if you go to like the big chain stores, like if you right. go to Walmart or something. But if you go to like the local nursery or the country store, you're not going to see people wearing masks and they're going to get looked at funny if you if they do. They, they, <laughs> so they tell people like, to take them off. Yeah. They're like, you should take that mask off. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's your business. You know what I mean? Like 
That's that's interesting thing about the whole mask thing. Like, what if a business tells you you can't wear masks? And people yeah. are like, well, it's a, like my, my view is it's a private business, man. If, if, if it's that's the challenge with a lot of this passport stuff is that it's social enforcement. Yeah. If every business is saying we all do this, then what do you do? Yeah. You gotta, I guess you just get your passport, right? That's what makes me think that this bad information is freaky. Like flu numbers are down. COVID numbers are up. Is that right? Like they were, the flu numbers were way down, but the COVID numbers were way up. And they were like, well, equal amounts of deaths is normal, but this time it's no flu deaths. It's all COVID deaths. Yeah, but that Not, could be spurious correlation. Maybe. Like, could be. That's the thing. So, they so don't we, know, but they want to force a vaccine. It's crazy. Well, but I'll say this. So one of the things that they've been saying for a long time is that putting people, locking people inside their homes is a mistake because COVID transmits easier, mm. easier indoors. So it could be that putting people in their house makes flu go down, but then spreads COVID easier. Oh, yeah. So it was like the dumbest thing they could have done. But not, you know, I, yeah, I think that's like a simple solution, I suppose. But when you have in Europe, they were like, if you're pregnant, don't get it. If you have food allergies, don't get it. And I'm like, okay, I won't. You know what I mean? I'll chill. I'm not in a rush. I think something some like 50% of people said they're willing to just wait and take it easy. That's why it's really interesting when Fox runs a story and they're like, everyone's longing for this, you know, reopening. I'm like, most people said they're willing to wait on the vaccine because they're concerns about, you know, p- uh, potential long-term effects that haven't been studied properly. Yeah, I might be in like a weird right-wing bubble because like my community are all, you know, normal, sane people who are not freaking out about anything. And but I'm I'm perfectly happy not getting a passport, staying on my mountain, my garden, <laughs> just ordering chilling. from Amazon. Yeah, I, you- everything gets delivered to my house. I don't even go grocery shopping. So it's like, okay, you guys enjoy your passports and living in the mountains <laughs> so here's the crazy thing though virginia's red i mean i'm sorry west virginia's red and virginia's blue mm. like like mm. even right where west virginia and virginia kind of meet it's crazy how i've i've got I've gone out there and talked to people and they're liberals well no the border of west virginia and virginia they're very red like you drive that area it's all farmland and yeah. you're gonna see like trump signs everywhere and i feel really bad for them actually because it's like they don't get a vote west virginia actually um i think it was about a year ago offered to take those counties into yes. west virginia oh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because it sucks for them like they're all pro-gun they're you know right wing and they're being represented by the people who work in dc and live in the cities that are close to dc and you know why they don't want to so. live in dc because it's horrible. Because they're racist. <laughs> oh. No. Yeah, I think, I think, I absolutely think it's because most of these well to do progressive liberal types are super racist. They don't want to live in the cities oh, that yeah. they've, they've destroyed with their policies. Like DC is, has a very, very high uh, percentage of black, uh, black residents. It's no surprise then the people who live, who, who work in DC and run DC decide to move out of DC. They don't want to, they, 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 this is what happens. And now Virginia's turning blue across the board. And then they're not going to want to live there in a year or two. And they're going to move to Maryland or they're going to move south and go, you know, to North Carolina or something and slowly keep moving away from the things they keep voting for. Hmm. One of the funny things about West Virginia is I see these stories where I was talking to a guy at a gun shop and he was like, you can tell who the liberals are like when they're moving in because they complain about mountain things that no one like no conservative cares about. Yeah. So like, you know, someone said my neighbor left their trash out. And I, I, why are they doing this? You know, what do I got to do to make them pick their trash in? And everyone's like, who cares? My local community uh, Facebook group is always like joking about that. Whenever somebody new moves in, they'll be like, 
are you guys allowed to be shooting guns this close to people's houses? <laughs> and they're like, welcome to the mountain. Get ready for the UTVs and ATVs too. <laughs> people, you're, you'll see some, you know, you know, people driving around in rascals with a couple of ARs. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, American flag. Yeah. Shout out to the United States because I used to live in, <laughs> first I was in the suburbs, grew up. Then I went to the cities and lived that part of my life. And now in the mountains, it's like another world. Yeah. It's another world. We, I love it's it. It's like another we country. Got, we got this race car. It's like super nice race car. And we've got these two foot quarter pipes in the parking lot and we just bought it and we we're kind of like, we can do whatever we want. So we just, this thing can go 60 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. Launched the thing like 25 <laughs> feet in the air. It's At flipping least. around and smashes the ground and is bouncing. And we're like, probably going to break it. Just laughing. But you can do that out here. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing too. Like all the whole time with COVID, I've been saying that since, you know, when COVID started, we were in the Philadelphia area. That was actually really scary. Yeah. You're surrounded by all these people. And then you get told, like Donald Trump appears on TV and he's like, I'm shutting down travel to Europe and all this stuff. And we were like, damn, this is serious. Mm -hmm. And we were worried too because like the supply shortage, the toilet paper was gone. Like our local Walmart toilet paper, all gone. The and neighbor bounced. Like the one neighbor, yeah, the neighbor was left gone. town for like two months. And then when the storm blew like the fence off, it was just just down. Yeah, they just abandoned their house <laughs> yep. for like two months. They took off. I think it was longer than that. Probably. It's freaky. It was like freaky. all summer. So then we ended up moving out to the middle of nowhere. It's like paradise. People just go about their business like normal. You go, you go down to like the local shop. Wait. Nobody nobody hassles you. I just want to say though, we also have Bigfoot. People play their banjos really loud all oh. night. Mothman? There's a lot of shooting, like things in their front yards, um, Confederate flags everywhere. Mm -hmm. Leftists don't move. <laughs> don't move out. Don't here. move to West Virginia. You will hate it. It's awful. Um, and that is all. Just had to throw that in so there. So that's so <laughs> I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted, uh, I don't know if you saw the story, like Lindsey Graham said he has an AR-15. You see that? Uh -uh. He's like doing an interview and he's like, I got an AR-15 and you know, if it, I forgot what he said, if like it goes all, if it all goes bad or whatever, the gangs, are, uh, the, uh, this is the last place the gangs will go because I can defend myself. And so I tweeted, Lindsey has an AR-15, pathetic. We should ban AR-15s outright, completely. And then the government should I issue everyone a Barrett M82, 50, 50 BMG semi-automatic anti-material rifle. Then you'll truly, I'm kidding, by the way. But, you know, that's the, that's the thing about West Virginia is that, well, so I've been buying a lot of bullets because, you know, first of all, they're hard to get. And then people were saying, you know, you want to have, well, like a thousand rounds per gun is like a good amount yeah. to, have, to have on store. And people got to realize this, too. I'm sure to people who don't know anything about guns, a thousand rounds sounds like a lot because it did to me when I was first buying guns. You go to the range one time and you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. You go through like 120 really quick or something. Real quick. I mean, if you're with your friends and you're, and you're practicing, you're doing training, you're going to go through, you know, a decent amount of rounds quickly. So a thousand rounds might, you know, be a couple months of practicing at the range. If you want to take it seriously, a lot of people don't shoot that much. But for hunting, people might shoot a couple times. Well, so I started buying bullets and I was like, I was talking to a guy at the shop and I was like, I'm getting a bunch of 12 gauge. Uh, and I was like, is this, is this too much? Does like, does this notify anybody? He started laughing and he goes like, <laughs> you think you're anywhere close to prepper ter territory or even West Virginia oh, resident wow. territory? He's like, come on, man, those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll take what you got, put them in the box. And then I got like a huge box of 12 gauge, I guess. But it, it does go quick, you know. But anyway, I digress. We're talking about COVID. Sorry, so. I'm a West Virginia fangirl. Apologies. And I like uh, ammo. I'm talking about ammo. Ammo just, is the, oh, what were you going to say? Uh, no, sorry. Like, um, I brought this up before you play Fallout. 
Mm-hmm. You know, caps, bo- bottle caps is the currency of the future after the nuclear war. I think that ammo, it would just be ammo. So yep. like you use your ammo or you trade your ammo. The ammo has weight. I think that'd be a great modification. Super for the valuable. Yeah. Like Insanely in, valuable. In another game I'm playing, it's water is the currency. So you carry that around mm-hmm. and trade fresh water. Yeah. But you, but it, 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 it depends, mm-hmm. I suppose. Case fresh water food. is probably, but you're not going to be carrying on lots of water. It's It'll heavy. Be, that's the problem. Right. Cigarettes and, and whiskey too. Yeah. So you can get fine like metal, copper and stuff, but ammo. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes is a good one. Yeah, and yeah. antibiotics. Yes, Bitcoin because people will still have phones. I'm kidding. I have <laughs> will no. No, yeah, I don't know. Stuff that disappears after you use it. It's hard to know actually because water makes sense, but you can't carry a lot of water around with you. Right. You, can, you can carry enough for personal use. Like, you carry too much, and then you can't. You're you're actually exerting water to carry the water. It's a yeah. great currency model for a video game because of the weight. Plus, if you're carrying a big thing of water on like a wagon, like you're, you're a target. target. Yeah, yeah. roving bands are going to show up. You have so. to hide it somehow. <laughs> so maybe not water, but bolts make sense. You know, you'll bullets be like, Here, for sure. These. Also but, heavy, but I can't imagine that. Maybe casings because bullets you got to use. You don't want to give those up. They're too valuable. They're like, too valuable, dude. dude. If the apocalypse happens and you've got just like five nine millimeter for your gun, you're going to be like, I will never give these things up. You know, I would never want to fire them. That's why I train with the bow and arrow. Because I don't want to waste my ammo. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's check this out. Let's talk, let's talk about some serious uh, COVID stuff right now. Because this one's probably going to get us a little bit in trouble on YouTube. Daily Mail reports, is this the link between AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine and blood clots? Shot may trigger an immune response that leads to the life-threatening side effect in rare cases, study claims. They say about 30 cases of blood clots among people who got a dose of AstraZeneca's vaccine were reported in Europe. German researchers found signs of antibodies that attack platelets in the blood of nine people who developed the clots after getting the shot. These antibodies destroy the platelets to make up for the loss. The body overproduces platelets, causing them to clot. The team says that if their hypothesis is correct, the reaction can be identified and easily treated by medical professionals. More than 20 European countries paused the use of AstraZeneca's shot this month amid clot fears, but subsequently resumed its use. Officials in the EU ruled the rate of clots was not above that in the general population. But Canada on Monday issued a pause on the use of vaccine for under 55s, citing concern over clots. This is the kind of stuff that freaks me out because we've seen a bunch of stories. And this is what pisses me off. A bunch of stories where they're like, man gets shot shortly after dies. And then you read the story. It's like one month later, he died and he was 75 years old. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, dude, we really need to know about this stuff. And you got a bunch of media that wants to just freak us out and scare us. This is legit, though. And I wouldn't be surprised if YouTube gets mad at us for even talking about it. But this is a legit NewsGuard certified source, Daily Mail. And they're saying in Europe, they suspended it briefly. In Canada, they're suspending it. So I don't know what, what, what you guys think about this. But this, to me, I think, you know, they're going to go after people calling them anti-vax if they bring anything like this up. And that's the more dangerous thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... It's a real thing that's happening. The governments are having to suspend it. But then if you're critical of it or if you're skeptical or if you're nervous about taking it yourself, then you're this like crazy anti-vax monster who believes disinformation and you can't even discuss it. So everybody's like hiding in shame, being like freaked out about this thing. and Nobody can even talk about it. Vaccines are amazing, amazing technology. But if they're misused, they're super dangerous and can kill people. So that's why they have all this massive testing and they make them go through years of trials and stuff. Why would you ever want to put yourself in a position where you might get blood clots for something unless that thing is super deadly and like going to like going to cripple you or something? What we what, what, what we have to look at is the rate at which people got blood clots 
and the COVID survival rate for mm -hmm. someone who's under 55, I got to tell you, I don't see a reason why people who are under 55 should be taking uh, a medication that's been suspended by the government. If, if Canada says don't take it, then the people in Canada probably can't do it, which means the passport thing, the whole vaccine passport thing is broken. It's not going to work. The survival rate for people under 55, I think, is what, like 99.995 or some really, yeah, really high number. It's super high. Young people are not being negatively impacted by this. It's almost like a large voting block of older people are worried about this and pushing for this. Mm. And that's kind of like been the narrative for most of my life. Older people wanted Social Security, so they vote to put money into it and they take from it. The system collapses. It's always been like... Jeez, look at Congress. They're all like, not all of them, but a lot of them are over 70. I mean, lot, Nancy Pelosi is what? She's 80, right? Yeah. It's Super a, old. A very broken system when you're sacrificing your children to save the old. And I, I, everybody's going to call me a monster for saying that, I guess. But our children are committing suicide at super high rates right now. They're, they're suffering from depression. They're, you know, abused children are stuck at home and not seeing teachers who could get them out of that situation. There's all these like horrible negative effects of what they're doing for children right now. And I mean, all of this is comes down to people who are older are afraid. And so we're sacrificing our youth in multiple ways. Um, to We've seen these like these videos of the kids sitting at their desks and they're six feet apart and surrounded by plexiglass. Yeah. It's horrible. These kids are going to be very, very developmentally stunted. Did you see the, the mother the giving birth and there's a plastic tarp yes, between her and the baby and she like squeezes so the baby against the plastic? Creepy. The I baby's like in its face smushed on the plastic tarp. I thought, I thought babies and like the super young were not, were like fine, like COVID wasn't affecting them. They Like kids in schools weren't being affected or whatever. Yeah. People are living in terror and they're being irrational. Dude, these stories, the, 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 I'll tell you the big problem is that a sane and rational population would say Hey, you know, Canada is suspending this over blood clot fears. Should we consider something like that in the U.S. and, and, and look to these other countries in terms of the, their medical prowess and endeavors? I mean, we hear all the time from the left about the healthcare systems of these other mm. countries being infinitely better than ours. There was recently a story where I guess like Norway was, was calling the U.S. an underdeveloped medical uh, uh, <laughs> system, which is just ridiculous, by the way. It was clearly just the stupidest thing ever. Like, you may talk about the, the payment systems being screwed up in pharmaceutical companies and the way the money goes in the insurance companies. Fine. But we got advanced technology here in terms of medicine. But they were mocking the U.S. saying underdeveloped. It was like, be wary of traveling to countries with underdeveloped healthcare systems. For example, the United States. Ha ha ha. Very funny. Yet tons of people come here for medication. Anyway, the point is, if we can't have a conversation about, okay, fine, these other countries are taking this seriously. Then we're in trouble. Yeah. It's and, that's, almost, and that's it. It's almost as if we have an overly qualified medical. Like our, Basically, what I'm thinking about is potassium bromate, or I think it's bromide or bromate. It's a leavening agent in bread that causes cancer. It's been known to be what are they, carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. And Europe, most of Europe has banned it from their bread products, but the United States has not. So it's a big problem that the medical, that the pharmaceutical chemical industry well, it has I'm, more sway than common sense sometimes. What I'm saying is that I'm talking about the media. I'm talking about the fact that we'll be like, wow, Canada is suspending their, 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 you know, vaccine for people under 55. They're going to call us anti-vaxxers. They're yeah, going to insult I mean, and smear and say they were questioning it. And it's like, no, dude. And the leavening agent is obviously there's evidence that it's carcinogenic. Yet the media, why would the media not be like, well, let's get it out of our bread products if it's they, causing cancer and they people. don't care. 
Like that's 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 not in the news cycle. Like they no want to sell that stuff. Brominated vegetable oils and like. Oh, it's so bad for people too. And sure, sure, sure. Like ev- evidently, listen, the media cares about protecting the status quo and the establishment. There's no co- national conversation about bromine. There's a national conversation about COVID and vaccines, and so they want to toe the line. They want to mimic the status quo, and they want to write what other outlets write. And if they find you as an other, it'll work. I think the the big problem that's really annoying to me. Are we are we really in the minority? Or are we the silent majority? Is it, which is it? Is is this country eighty percent a bunch of really dumb people who are like, I'm not going to talk about anything, and I'm going to sit here and plug my ears and just do whatever Dude, I'm told? Terrifyingly, the data says yes. I think that it's like ninety <laughs> yeah, percent of people are kind of so. followers. Yeah. And- see, now that I'm in my my beautiful right wing bubble in West Virginia, I just can't. Like, it seems like everybody doesn't want it and that everybody has common sense about it that you know they think that people who are very elderly should take it and that people who are younger should not um and that's just like the common all the conversations that you have with people in my neighborhood that's what it is and then you see it online and everybody just acts like that's a completely crazy unreasonable fringe take so it it's very disconnected for me i don't know i saw something really funny today it was Brian Stelter from Reliable Sources asking if the Nash, if the White House press corps, like the, the, the national press is out of sync with the American people or whatever. And I'm like, man, it took you this long. Huh? Wow. It's been like <laughs> it's children who like, are wrong. Yeah. Six years. <laughs> it's the, yeah. Are we out of sync? You know what I realized is really funny when there was a story in the New York Times about a party someone from the New York Times had been to a few years prior and they were like canceled over it or something. And I'm like, what? regular American is like, I'm going to turn to the New York Times for the important news. Janet went to a party three years ago and got canceled (laughs) for being racist. Wow. That's the news I pay for, Mm. but people pay for it. Their subscribers, it's going up. They're making more and more money. Journalists write about each other. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Yeah. What? Who is this? But you know what, man? It's frustrating because I was at, you know, we went out to a bar the other day and there was a guy who, who made a really great point. He said, look, The vaccine's here. It's available. We're done. It should be over. If you don't want to get it, that's your problem. I'll be fine. Because he was like, he he said he was getting the vaccine. And I'm like, totally agree. Why should we have a vaccine passport system? Why should we mask mandate or any social distancing when the people who get the vaccines will be fine? If someone chooses not to get it, well, then you're the one person who's going to get it. Nobody else will. I don't don't understand the logic. The logic is if you don't get the vaccine and you carry it, then you can transport it to other people or... But if you're vaccinated, you're fine. According to Fauci, you may still need to wear a mask because you're not immune if you get the vaccine. Is that you're not. What are you going to say? So I, I wanted to speak to this because Fauci and Joe Biden, all of these people are still wearing masks after they've gotten the vaccine. What is the point of getting a vaccine if nothing changes? I'm starting to feel like they're waging a war of demoralization on the American people. And this is still an idea in development because they don't understand why they're doing They don't this. know no, if the no. vaccine is effective. We are the test. They, this do. Is the they test. do. They do know if it's effective. I mean, they've done numerous tests. Did, the issue is, is it is safety versus freedom. It is mm-hmm. easier for them to be like, I would rather just be safe. Mm-hmm. Peter Hitchens wrote this, wrote, wrote this op-ed about mm-hmm. getting the vaccine. And he was like, I, you know, I got the vaccine and all, all it cost me was my freedom. And I'm like, look, man, I think the bigger issue is that there's no trust in our public institutions anymore. We're hyper polarized and we don't like each other. 
Because if we were actually a unified country combating this great villain, we would be like, yes, we got to get everyone vaccinated. We'd be like cheering for it. Yeah, and it would like be only a few people who opposed it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone com- comes together. Right. No, we're, we're fractured. Nobody trusts each other. The media's garbage. They're like writing about each other and, and, and other nonsense. They write about, oh, no, Glenn Greenwald. We got to write about him now. Who cares? <laughs> Stop writing about other people. That's the the problem with a lot of it. The media really killed their credibility during the Trump administration. I mean, they were selling the American public a horror movie, and now they don't have much else to write about. So they're trying to create all these villains, and, and everybody's just like, what are you doing? Like, none of this is relevant to me. And so when they do put out information about things like vaccines or COVID, People are skeptical, rightly, because for years we've been fed Russiagate and all this crazy yep. nonsense from the media, wrong. the P tape, like all this stuff that's just like completely insane that they've been feeding us for so long. How are you supposed to trust them when there's something actually serious? Um, I, I look at this. Um, I agree with that. Russiagate was so stupid yeah. and didn't have evidence. I mean, or maybe it didn't have enough evidence to, to warrant that amount of What's her name? Was the nuts. girl with the short hair. Maddow. Yeah, Maddow's obsession yeah. with it for two years. It was like she like nearly cried. Oh my god! <laughs> but what, what I'm thinking about is a level of cognitive dissonance, also that we're looking at because I think that obesity is a big part of this epidemic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, what 60 percent of people? What were these numbers? I want to get this I think number it's 60%, right. Yeah. Of, of people that have COVID are obese, oh, well, or 60 percent of people that are obese. Thought, yeah, that's insane. 78 so. percent of COVID patients were obese. That, yeah. Well, but look, you know, I'll, I'll add to this. People who are out of shape, unhealthy, and sick are much more likely to die in general. And mm-hmm. so you add in, you know, COVID, which is, I think the mortality rate is like double the flu. So it's like substantially higher. And you're going to get a ton of people who are, who have comorbidities dying from this thing. And if they're healthy like, people, I don't want to stop drinking Pepsi. I don't want to stop eating red meat every night, but you, I want you to get a shot that, that may or may not work so that I can feel a little better. It's like, dude, take care of yourself. The issue is they believe the vaccines will work. However, it's easier just to say safety over freedom. That's why I always bring up that point from the guy in the bar who's like, we get the vaccine. It's on you now. It's your responsibility. I'm like, that's a great point. He was pro-vax. He was bragging about how he was getting his COVID vaccine. He was really excited. And he was like, and now it's your problem because you're the one who's going to get sick, not me. And I'm like, that's right. He's like a liberal guy. And I'm like, that's that's perfect logic. People have a choice. They care of themselves. They don't want to do it. Or, yeah. So, so the issue is, when it comes to Fauci, when it comes to Biden, when it comes to all these companies, listen, imagine Walmart, you know, they're being told everyone's doing a COVID passport or whatever. And they say, no, no, we're not going to do that because it's on the individual. Well, then somebody gets sick and then sues Walmart, right? Because you can sue a ham sandwich doesn't mean you're going to win. So Walmart's like, it is easier just to go with the flow and do whatever we're told, because then at least we can have plausible deniability or, or reject liability in the event someone gets sick in our store. Then we'll just be like, oh, no, no, we, we have the passport. Everybody's supposed to be, you know. So I, I remember when I worked for Fusion, they made me do this hostile environment training, even though I'd spent like several years already in hostile environments. And so it was fairly, there's some really cool th- aspects to it, fairly rudimentary in my opinion, at least re- relevant to my experience. And I was like, I was, I was talking to the people about why are they, you know, making me do this? I have extensive field experience in conflict and crisis. And they're like, well, you know, it's just good. And I went insurance, isn't it? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, because if I get hurt and then I say, well, they didn't give me the proper training. Yeah, so they're just like, it's easier to just make you do the stupid training course you don't need to do and waste the money 
and time because in the event you get hurt, we don't want to get sued. It's a big problem with corporations and insurance and all that is that they look at people like numbers and they just treat us like like a math equation. I think I'm, that we're I think we're seeing the same problem at two different levels. We're seeing a lack of responsibility in people who refuse to take care of themselves, and you're seeing a lack of responsibility responsibility from these companies who are like we're not having anything to do with it. You know, we're not going to assume any kind of responsibility for whatever happens here. And they, you know, they don't want to be sued. I get it. But at the same time, it's like you need to like have some kind of accountability. Like they'd rather poison. I, I would imagine the corporate beast of Walmart would rather poison the population than suffer a bankruptcy. So I think about it this way. When it comes to politics, do you think any one of these politicians actually cares about you? Hmm. They can't. Not me, because they don't know who I am. No, they, they can't Literally, care about they you. Can't. They don't even know because me. Because when they look at the numbers, look, if it was a, an election between 100 people, between you know, and they're like, okay, you're going to vote for me. There's 100 people. I need to win 51 votes. You actually could care about each of those people because you can meet them and know them and then actually convince them to vote for you. When it comes to a politician who needs 50,000 votes in a local election, they can't spend time knowing everybody. So they don't care. All of these systems have, 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 uh, have developed that way. Walmart, Target, whatever the store is, the movie theaters, they look at their numbers and they're like, we had 50,000 people come in this week to see a movie. We don't know who they are. We don't care who they are. A hundred of them got sick. Okay, we'll ban those people. I don't know. We don't, we don't know them. They're just numbers. I'll put it this way. When, when I look at my YouTube video count, I see a, a number, 250,000. I don't know any of the people who watch that. The number is meaningless to me. And when I look at analytics, I see this in a bunch of other news outlets. That's why the media becomes what it is. They don't care about the individual. They don't care about the ramifications. Rachel Maddow says, Donald Trump, an agent of Russia. And then all of a sudden she looks at the number and the number's bigger. And she's like, hey, look, it said 2.7. And that says 3.1. We should do the same thing again. Not realizing that she was contributing to driving people insane. Now, I absolutely self-reflected on all of that stuff and was like, I don't know what the solution is if we're all, you know, genuinely having these opinions and we're talking about them. And in, in, in the end, many people are driven by looking at their analytics, every company, looking at their marketing numbers, every politician, not caring about the individual, just doing whatever it takes to make that number go up. But that means people are driven by confirmation bias. So this is what happens to the media. Rachel Maddow is like, just keep saying the same thing over and over again. The numbers keep going up until they can't anymore. That's that's the reality here as well. When they're looking at, it's like a cost benefit and a cost risk analysis. You know, you guys, you ever, you ever see Fight Club where he's on the plane and he's like, if the cost of a lawsuit is, uh, is less than the cost of a recall, we'll just take the lawsuit. Basically, that's the way it works. So you look at Fauci, you look at the, the government and they're like, the cost of forcing people to stay home is lower than the cost of the risk. Should something go bad, just make everybody stay home. And we used to be, we, we, we came from this group of people. And in fact, I'll tell you this, my, my props to all of the immigrants who are, you know, climbing mountains and riding trains and wandering through 90 miles of desert to get here. Cause those people have more pioneer blood in them than most of these urban progressives and, and suburban uppity do liberals Amen. who are like, I'd rather just be safe. Now these people are like, I'm going to cross a mountain and rip my feet to shred and be abused and victimized by cartels, but I'm coming to America for that American dream. I respect that a heck of a lot more than people who are like, I just want to be safe. That, it's, it's like that meme, you know, of the, of the Shiba Inu being all yes. ripped and strong. <laughs> and it's like, um, uh, uh, you know, a col uh, colonists coming from Europe dying on the boat halfway there, landing on a shore with nothing but trees and being like, I'm finding freedom. America today, just keep me safe. Hmm. That's what we get. Now nah, that's my rant.
<laughs> I think that the further you get from these things, the easier it becomes to shrug it off. And I think part of the reason that uh, Eastern Europe is still strong against communism is because they freaking remember. They remember what communism was like. And once they start to forget, it's all over. Yeah. I mean, that was not even 30 years ago. It man. wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah Luke, uh, Luke, who's been on the show frequently. I don't know where. What, Luke, you left all Luke. your steaks here. Luke. Like, Luke. Ma- made us buy <laughs> all these. steaks are frozen, Luke. We bought all these Peter Luger steaks. Like, you got to get Peter Luger He's steaks. He's like, save them for me. Keep them in the freezer. I'll buy them. <laughs> all right. They're in the freezer, but, dude. But anyway, he was born, he was born in Soviet uh, Poland. Uh, Thank no, no, God. No, that's um, part of why he's so Poland awesome. Poland was a satellite right. state of the Soviet Union, but he was born into you know that, that system. It's made him and cool. He left when he was a little kid. But I think it ended when he was very young. His I, parents and his like uncles and aunts went through it pretty hardcore. Mm. Yeah. So he was told a lot about it. I don't yeah. think he saw with his own eyes. I don't know yeah. if he saw horrors. He doesn't really talk about the horror a lot. You really got to kind of pry it out of him. Yeah. I would, you know, what I'd love to do. I'd love to do like a, a, a an ancestry analysis of the people who support critical race theory, and where where their grandparents were during the civil rights movement. Because I got a feeling that there's going to be some correlation between the status quo loving uppity do anti civil rights white folk and the critical race theorists of today. Either w- w- for one or two reasons, like it was a backlash. These people, you know, are ashamed of their history and ancestry. They're overtly racist. Their family's racist. And so they're like, yes, they're going to come out and admit their racism and then do everything they can to recognize and acknowledge all of these racial you know, issues and everything. I wonder about that because you mentioned, you know, for Luke, his parents told him about what it was like in communism. So he naturally hates it. Mm-hmm. So what about these uppity do critical race theory people? Did they learn about segregation or not that they're actually supporting it these days? Or actually, I guess, using communist tactics. Which brings me to our next story. (laughs) Check this out. This is is where it gets just real crazy, man. Daily Mail reports cops investigate Virginia teachers' Facebook group for naming parents who were against critical race theory and urging members to gather information on them. They say the anti-racist parents of Luton County group shared personal details of those they say had opposed moves to teach the controversial curriculum. I'm glad they're calling it controversial. It urged followers to, quote, gather information and silence critics of the theory. Others in the group encouraged people to share addresses and social media. According to Purdue University, critical race theory scholarship shows how racism, excuse me, continues to be persuasive and why it denies individuals their rights. Talk about doublespeak on that one. That's nuts. But critics say it leaves people exposed to the training, feeling that they are being blamed for problems which they did not cause, and that it itself is racially divisive. It's overtly racially discriminatory and racist. One parent on the list, Patty Mender, says, I was personally attacked. LCPS Interim Superintendent Scott Ziegler said, we fully support the expression of First Amendment rights and deplore any efforts to silence voices. All right, I got a question. Who is, who is the LCPS superintendent talking about right there? He says, we, we, we fully support the First Amendment and deplore efforts to silent voices. I'm guessing the teachers because the liberals run all the school boards. So, but, but wait, wait, is he defending the people who are being doxxed because it was threatening to silence them? Doubt. Or is he defend, he, doubt, right? So he's defending the doxing. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. This what, is I would, a cult, I would put money on man. it. This is a cult. Yeah. It's a cult, Ian. Dude. It's a cult. <laughs> it's because we haven't, we did have the civil rights. You're right. And a lot of people weren't privy to it, unfortunately. But like United States has never been a totalitarian dictatorship. So there's this threat of us falling into it seamlessly. And man, it looks like I, 
looks like that's what that's what this is. It, but listen, it's social enforcement. This is the big thing yeah, people got to recognize. Happens from the bottom up. That's where it gets yes. really creepy. And then once people lose confidence in government, which is literally happening, I mean, look at the six, for instance, people are losing confidence in the system. And then you get a bottom up movement of cultists who are just the only thing they care about is being in their cult. Look, these people were posting for years, anti-Asian sentiments all over social media, all over the place. And then one day the tide shifted and the cult decided that was wrong now. And now they're trying to cancel themselves because some of them were posting anti-Asian stuff. It, there is no rule. There's no, there's no rule. There's no structure to this. It's literally just a cult. Man, at least with Christianity, there's a Bible and people can follow tenets and understand and read through it. And I certainly believe there are instances where people selectively, you know, will choose to follow oh, or not sure. follow some things. But there's literally a Bible. You can look at it. And yes, it's been retranslated and changed. And I'm critical of that. But for now, in the United States, the King James Bible, there you go. You read it, you know what it says. Could you imagine if one day there were like an editing board was just came out and they were like, on page, you know, 232, we actually changed this one. You actually can eat shellfish now. Oh. We're good. Basically, that's <laughs> what they did, the Council of Nicaea. Yeah. I know, for sure. That's why I'm saying. They we can twisted be, that thing. We can be critical of that. But at the very least, right now in the United States and for the past several generations, the Bible's been the Bible. Yep. For hundreds of Since years. Since King James twisted his own version into reality. Mm-hmm. But with critical race theories, it's not even written down. At the very least, they had to translate it and argue about it, right? Yeah, I think the uh, Black Lives Matter had like tenets on their web page that they, yeah, that they, they stripped did. from the web page, and they mm-hmm. no longer have. Yeah. That was kind of the, the the Bible. I mean, that's disrupting the, most... the nuclear family. Yeah, check this out from the Daily Mail: San Francisco School Board strips Vice President of her leadership title and removes her from all committees over 2016 tweets calling Asians. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to say the word uh, racial, uh, disparaging racial term for black people, but she still refuses to resign. So this woman, this, uh, her, what is her name? Allison, is her name Allison Collins? A- anti-Asian tweets. Uh, yes, Allison Collins. She posted that she wanted to have, she give Asians a racial awakening. Total cult stuff. And then she referred to them in a very racist and disparaging way, like outright using a racial slur. Now they're calling for her to resign. This is all sorts of screwed up for several reasons. For one, this is the vice president of a school board in San Francisco. The people who are indoctrinating your kids using racial slurs and then claiming to be anti-racist. That's why that's why I mentioned, like, who are these people's parents and grandparents? Homeschool your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I think that we can't beat them by insulting them and calling them horrible for being racist. I just feel like we, the only way is to, like... It's so maybe it's so obnoxious to say this over and over again, but it's to create a better system to be a pinnacle of what you believe in, which I think equality of opportunity of all of us, whatever we look like, I don't really care. Um, and and then capitalism and roll around in that. Mm. But this is interesting to talk about too. Like I almost completely ignore this stuff in my daily life. I focus on community, communication, organization. And there is a value to calling out the problem. Pros obviously. and cons, though. Pros and cons, though. If you ignore them, right. they, they fester. You have to call it out. The problem is that the left is working really hard to get to children younger and younger. I mean, they're putting stuff on Sesame Street. They're getting critical race theory into elementary schools. They're doxing parents who are having wrong think. There is a school, I think, in North Carolina or South Carolina where they actually did a conference instructing parents to go up against – I mean, to – 
instructing the teachers to go up against and contradict the parents of the the students. I mean, there's just all this stuff going on. The left is targeting children with their agenda. And the right is largely like, we're going to lead by example. And we're going to, you know, we want to keep kids out of politics. We're going to take the high road. We're not going to stoop to their level. But we're we're losing because of it. That's that's a culture revolution. Having the kids indoctrinating them and then telling them to reject their parents. Yeah. Hardcore culture revolution. I was like disgusted. I, I posted about it for Gateway. I forget the name of the reporter. He's doing amazing work on on uh, critical race theory stuff right now that's happening. But he had a whole report about this this conference. And you read it and it's just like we're letting this happen. I mean, school board elections don't have party affiliation listed, which I know you support, but I don't because we're getting all these leftists who are going into red areas and they're deliberately going in there so that they can counter what the children are learning at home from their parents who are right wing. I hate it. It's That's a problem. Crazy. But the, but I think it's a bigger problem that people have have given up on their civic responsibility. Right. I, so I, I think you, yeah. you agree with me on removing party affiliation. Big time, yeah. I was just studying ancient Greece last night. I was telling you I was watching like a visualization of virtualization of Athens and like they were talking about the politics and like they would take 50, 500 people from around every like of all 50 from all the 10 areas of, of Attica, bring them to Greece, to Athens, and then they would all be part of politics. And then 50 of those 500 would get chosen to be like the head of the council. This is everybody, every citizen, every I think they were only males at the time, but every citizen, male citizen. And they were all involved and they were all super excited to like adjudicate lawsuits about like people. Are they guilty? Or not? They were just so involved. Everyone was so involved in the politics of the day. I think we need that. Well, well, so so now what happens is you get these leftists, these Marxists, they'll run and be on the school board. And then what people are going to be like, this person sounds nice and just vote for them. Well, the the problem is, you, yes, all of this stuff would be great in a utopia like where we don't have political parties. It, ideally, I would like there to not be political parties either. But there are. And so when you have school board elections, you don't have people named. These people are running on things like we're going to get new school buses. We're going to help build a new football team. They're not talking about whether or not they're going to be pushing critical race theory. And people who live in these red areas assume that these are people from their communities who have you know similar culture and values. Um, so they're not well. necessarily digging as hard as they should be. And a lot of these people are learning it right now. Um, I've seen it happening in quite a few towns out in West Virginia, but um, it's it's a problem because people don't realize. I mean, they're just like, you know, you know what they say when you assume. Yes. Yeah. It's, I can't. I kind of feel like. Oh, you know I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> they make a butt out of you and me. I think no. almost that we should be voting for smart contracts and not people, because if those people are telling you we're going to do this, this, and this, and then they go in and they do also do that and that, we didn't vote for that. We voted yeah. for their contract. That's true. Oh, interesting. That's a good point, actually. Politicians should be like, these are the only things I plan to implement, and they should have a very comprehensive package. Because that's, that's, that's a really, really good point. Think about Andrew Yang, for instance. One of the reasons I liked him was that his policy proposals were were off, was like nuts. Like the dude sat down and just started writing a book about all the policies he wanted. He had one on like MMA unions and stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy's... What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was legit telling you, like, here's what I want to do. Now, I guess the problem is, like, like you know, you guys both point out, if someone comes to you and says, no, no, I'm not going to do all those really bad things. I'm only going to do the really good things. And then you're like, then I vote for that. Then I choose you to do those things. Then as soon as they're, as soon as they're elected, they're like, now I'm going to do the things you hate and not the things you like. 
Well, we should be able to be like, nah, regis of grievances. Mm -hmm. You ran on this slate of proposals. You are not implementing them. Instead, you're bringing in, you know, critical race theory. They should be able to be removed instantly. There needs to be a way to do like an immediate emergency recall. Well, thanks to COVID, at least the one good thing that's come out of this is that kids have been learning at home. So parents are seeing what they're getting taught and they're a lot of them are getting a rude awakening, like real bad. And so I think that that the one good thing that might come out of this is that parents are going to be looking more into the education system in West Virginia. I'm sorry, I'm a West Virginia fangirl. <laughs> um, yesterday, Jim Justice, or it might have been today. Um, that was today. Justice signed a bill um, where now we're going to be funding students instead of institutions. Yay. So cool. is it like yeah. the voucher system or how does it? Yeah, it's. I'm so excited about well, this. Wait, wait, <laughs> it's literally like a voucher thing where like. You can use it for homeschool. You can wow. do private school, charter That's school. That's a revolution, man. It's so cool. I am amped about this. This is something that I've so states been talking about for even years, even before I was on the right. But uh Yeah, it just got signed into law. I think it goes into effect in 90 days. 90% of West Virginia children are going to be eligible for it. It's wonderful. That means if parents homeschool their kids, they're going to get a cash stipend for covering costs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, I think they're called Hope Scholarships. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But it's something, Hope something. But they're going to do like savings (laughs) accounts where you basically can access this money that is for the child's education and you can put it towards public school or private school or whatever you want. Teachers unions obviously are outraged because who the heck wants to send their kid to public school if there's other options? Uh, it's glorious. I, I, you know what I think? Yay, justice. <laughs> we've, be, we've become a very dull people. And I'm thinking of dull in terms of like color saturation. We are, we are, we are all such NPCs. Mm. And I don't mean like you or I or, you know, Lydia or Ian specifically. No, I mean I'm like, awesome. Yeah, you're great. You're the best. <laughs> Just kidding. No, sorry. <laughs> obviously not us, though I do think we're duller in a sense than the people who came before us. Yeah. What I mean is that people have really just given everything up. Where are the parents to be like, I want to go to my school and be involved? And now they don't know that Marxism, critical race theory, whatever you want to call it, is is, is seeping in. Well, before my daughter was homeschooled, because um, she went to public school for about a year and a half, um, I was very involved in the school. And I didn't know half the stuff that they were teaching them because they don't do it in front of the parents. Like, yeah. I went in, I volunteered every Friday. I went in as, like, a teacher's assistant, and I would help with crafts and cleaning and stuff like that. Um, I went on all the field trips. I was involved in, like, parents' groups. And you don't know any of this stuff. I mean, when I was there, we actually had a huge scandal and the freaking school administration was threatening to call the cops on all of us because a 14-year-old student got raped in the bathroom by two um, adult um, illegal immigrants that were... Wait, what? That happened? Yeah, in, in Rockville. The Rockville rape. Wow. Now they say it wasn't rape and that it was consensual, but the fact no, of the wait, matter wait, is wait, wait, it a was minute. a 19-year-old who was in high school with our, our kids... Um, Having sex with a a 14-year-old and another guy, they took photos of it. It, The whole thing was like horrible. And so me and a whole bunch of other parents were upset about it. And we started writing, being like, hey, how many adults are going to school with our children? And there was nothing about race at all. I mean, I was still a leftist back then. Who who are these guys? Like, why were they there? uh, They were adult illegal immigrants. And and they got – they're placing them into the high schools because they're they're at such a lower learning level curve that they they're getting placed some of them in middle schools 
And so we all wanted to know how many adults were going. There was nothing about race. There was nothing about immigration. We just wanted to know how many adults were in the schools. They sent a uh, school district-wide email saying that racism will not be tolerated, that they'll call the police. It was wild. I mean, I pulled my daughter out of school like two weeks later, but... I'm so sick of the cult, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so amazing. And the only reason it works is because people have become dull. When, when, listen, when someone comes out and you're like, I don't like the fact that a child was, you know, attacked and they go, you're racist. Shut your mouth. Yeah. They like, they swearing almost. I mean, they red pilled a lot of moms that day. (laughs) There was, I mean, I was in involved with all these parent groups. Everybody was super liberal. But as soon as that email came out, we all started messaging each other being like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Like, it was crazy. Safety. Yeah. The school's just thinking about what's the easiest way out. And so they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah. I don't know. Just call them racist. They blocked me on Twitter because I started tweeting about oh, it, too. Wow. The school yeah. district blocked me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, I was, and I wouldn't and that's, stop. But that's in West but, Virginia? No, that was back when I lived in oh, uh, just outside D.C. Right. It was Rockville. The Rockville. Right, 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 right. There right, was right. a ton of coverage of it. I mean, I was sending all the emails to every news now in, station. Now in West Virginia, the but... kid comes to school and they hand him a gun. <laughs> There's your gun. Welcome to school. <laughs> yeah. you're they 13, used to do you're, that you're back in the day, didn't they? They did, yeah. they had gun clubs yeah. at the schools yeah. I could, you know that's a good idea i was thinking mm-hmm. of, i was thinking about you know uh guns and gun rights and i think i realized something when you first start buying guns and getting into it you realize we're totally desensitized to cars i know cars aren't created for the purpose of killing people so i, I get that part, part of the left left left's argument cars are dangerous cars kill a lot of people very 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 often and i think about how we walk through busy streets you go to New York and like somebody will just walk through a busy street as cars are flying past them because they know people will use their brakes. Why don't they have that same level of trust in somebody walking down the street with a gun? That's a really good point. I know. And I've seen kids. They, they're they like arrogantly walking the street and the car will slow down and start honking at them angrily. Mm-hmm. Or look at the Antifa people who go around sur- <laughs> surrounding cars and yeah. smashing them. They know no one's going to do anything to them. Yet when it comes to guns, the assumption is that like every law-abiding citizen will just go nuts and start shooting randomly. I think because guns are are unique, they're not transport vehicles. Like their only job is to fire a bullet, basically, which is you basically a killing tool. It's not necessarily true. You can also consider them a deterrent. If you see somebody with a gun, you're not going to mess with them. But I, I see I see your point, yeah. Ian. But what I'm saying is, don't you trust people? Kind of, dude. I've, I've, sometimes I drive down the road and I'm like, whoa, okay. Two, no, for sure. Two tons of metal going past yeah. each other 120 <laughs> miles an hour calculated, both 60 in each direction. All it's hit, And we're, we're just trusting that neither one of us is going to It's amazing, isn't it? Think about this. Yeah. I'm driving down a West Virginia road and it's like 55 mile limit. And there's a thin yellow paint strip in the middle of the road <laughs> to stop me and another car, which is like two feet from me, from slamming in with the full force of 110 miles an hour. And I was just mutilating and so, vaporizing. To answer myself. your question, yeah, I trust people on, on <laughs> like explicitly. I don't. I'm constantly holding the O. I don't know. I call it the O S H. O ish. Yeah. Yeah. I call it the O S No, but like that's what I realized when I would like you know walk around West Virginia. I see those people with guns all the time. And I'm just like, I'm not worried about any of these people doing anything to me because I'm not worried about cars either. So you're becoming desensitized to it because I bet if people had never seen a car and they were first time, they'd be terrified. Yep. 
Like, ah, it's coming right for me. <laughs> but since we're like two or three, they're like, what? look both ways at the car. I mean, in the very beginning, they were probably, we were probably terrified of the yeah. noise, yeah. of the speed. And I'm just, you just get used to it. I'm, it's trust, man. Regular people are all right. But guess what? Sometimes people ram cars into people. Like, some, like we see these videos, man. And there's some really awful instances that have happened to that van thing in Europe. So we've just become so accustomed and desensitized to the fact that regular people just want to live their lives. Sometimes people drink and drive. I think a lot of it is situational too, though. When I lived in DC, when I heard gunshots, I, I would get scared and I would like contemplate calling the police or going to look if there's somebody like dying outside. When I hear gunshots in West Virginia, we all say like, it sounds like freedom because you know <laughs> that it's just like one of your neighbors doing target practice in the yard. Yeah. Think about it. So it's different. Think about it this way. If you are in an area where guns are and you know what people are doing with the guns, you're not worried. Right. People like, you know, they're, they're shooting at the range down by the, in the mountain, you know, shooting at, you know, the, the, with, a, with a really great backstop. And if you're in a big city and you hear car noises, you're fine. Now imagine this. You're in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain. There's no roads anywhere for like 15 miles and you hear cars driving around. What? You're going to freak out. Right. <laughs> like if you're in your cabin in the woods on your property, it's like, a you know, 20 acres or something in the middle of nowhere, or you're on some resort and you hear cars driving around and there's no roads, you'll probably wake up like, what is going on? You'll freak out. Imagine if you were, you know, vacationing somewhere in a private community and then you hear a weird noise that doesn't belong. doesn't matter if it's a car or otherwise. Same thing is true for guns. When you're in D.C. and you know the only reason people are shooting is because they're criminals, it's going to freak you out. Yeah. I mean, and it's weird because it's kind of backwards for me now. I live on like a dead end road. So when I hear cars, I get freaked out. <laughs> right. But I, when exactly. I hear gunshots, exactly. I'm like, oh, it's just, mm. you know, the neighbors. Even my liberal neighbors will sit on their front lawn. We have like one semi-liberal house in the community. And even they sit out there and they'll like shoot off their porch and stuff. <laughs> it's so That's like liberal to you. Yeah. I mean, they're more, they probably libertarian, but whatever. They're more left than the majority of people on our street. But um. When I hear a car go by, I'm always like, what the heck is that? And then I'm like, oh, it's just the dump truck. But we don't even have like mail that comes to the house because right. I'm so far out there. Yeah. So when a car comes up, I'm like, oh, who the heck? What's, What's going on? <laughs> but when I hear gunshots, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, I was walking shooting. through this area in West Virginia and I heard gunshots going off and I'm like, I got to find out where those are. And I'm walking towards the sound. Oh, my God. You know why? Because the people who are there shooting aren't insane people. They're not shooting randomly into the woods and it's not hunting season. So I know that as long as, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to make my way to these people, I know that they're probably target shooting because I was told specifically by a store that they do target shooting. I'm hearing this. Then I know they're, they're very, very likely practicing safety and I'm not worried about them. It's, it's just like when I'm driving, crossing the street, I'm not worried about a car crashing into me. I know that I can, I see the car. I don't try making cars break for me when I, when I cross the street. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you have a crosswalk, I'll try to like run across quickly, but I'm not worried they're going to slam the gas on and try and, you know, steer into me. I know it's not going to happen. They don't want to do that. So when I hear shots in the middle of nowhere and I know there's a range nearby, I'm like, I'm not worried that someone's going to have an accidental discharge. These people are at a range. They're shooting. I'm going to keep following the noise. And then I end up finding the range and there's a guy, an older guy and he was, you know, uh, zeroing in his sights for his, you know, hunting rifle of some sort. And I was like, hey, howdy. And he's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, we're about done here. It's all yours. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And that was it. Yeah. That's regular people. 
so, I, so are you guys familiar with the story of Switzerland and how they do their guns? No. I was reading about them, and they start to train their kids to shoot when they're very young. This is culturally acceptable. They go to these shooting clubs. Boys, it used to be a boys-only thing. Now boys and girls do it. Um, from my understanding, they did have like a mandatory military service. Everyone has a gun. Zero murder rates. Everyone treats them responsibly. And I I caught a little bit of heat on Twitter for saying this, but I think that guns should be viewed not as a toy, but as something that is fun and recreational, worthy of respect, a tool, something important that we need to understand and like really grasp. I think that's what we're missing. We need to make it like a cultural norm for guns to be acceptable. Because if we don't, they're just going to be terrifying and only bad people are going to have them. We're we're, we're getting dull, like dull in color and dull in sharpness. People used to die all the time. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah, people would have I like mean, ten kids because no half of them would die. I was just telling yeah. you guys about that that siege of in Crete where they it was a twenty one year siege where kids were born into this city that was under siege and they for, till twenty one and they would d- dig tunnels. I mean their their life was they would go under in tunnels. They couldn't see a guy from me to you and they'd have knives or like bats and try and kill each other in these tunnels and lay mines and blow. I mean it's just sounds horrible, dude. Horrible. This was like five hundred <laughs> years ago. This is, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. I, uh, well, I know, and thank God. <laughs> but like, if we're not careful, it could degrade back to that. Like, that's why I'm studying this stuff. Like, how do we survive if society collapses? Oh, you build mines under the opposing uh, fence, and then you let. Yikes! Or, it's crazy, dude. And like tunnel rats in Vietnam, they would climb down into the mud and climb in this. Like, the suffocation was a constant threat. Just the the terror and horror of war, and we have well, grown soft to that stuff. To everything, Luckily, though. So it's like what's happening now is. These these cultists are coming in, they're taking over, and it's a really weird thing. Like, I don't understand this weird overlap between the liberals, the left, and wokeness, because there are a bunch of hard leftists like DSA. They're as woke as woke can be to the point where it's actually horrifying. Like that video where the guy's like, hello, my name's Toby, he, him. I just like to say, you know, point of point of privilege. Um, The chatter in this room is really making it hard for me to focus, everybody. Guys, you need to calm down. And the other person goes, stop saying guys and don't. And I'm like, this is just lunacy. They couldn't I even have a cohesive it. meeting, you know. So I'm, I'm wondering, where's that? Then there's like the dirtbag left hmm. that are pro-gun, anti-woke, and just socialists. So I'm like, what's this overlap? So are these cultists... Are they socialists, the people who are coming in doing critical race theory in these schools, or are they just woke cultists? You know what I mean? They're like um, or is there opportunists. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're Marxists. So they're like all about redistribution of the means of production or what? Yeah, and they're also on a power trip. A lot of this, I think, isn't even political necessarily. I think that some people got bullied in high school and now they want to get back at the world by bullying everybody else. I honestly think that the, a lot of it is not political. I, I think that it's just power. It's a cult. Yeah. That's all it is. Power and that, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like the rules don't exist. They change on a whim because the real goal is that there's a the, the real issue is that there is a chaotic, destructive force that just seeks to infect and destroy, and it has no real goals. Like, think about what the woke stuff is doing. What is it doing? Ven- it's vengeance. destroying businesses. Yeah, it's all it's revenge. It's corroding culture and destroying destruction. enterprise people, and business. People want to be avengers in real life. They want to, yeah. they want to avenge their past torture no, 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 from listen. being bullied. Yeah. I know because I went through it. In 2006, I started making YouTube videos. I was like, wow, if I want to destroy anyone right now, I could get a crowd of people to go destroy their lives. Not not physically, but just basically it was pre-cancel culture, pre-docs, pre-all that stuff. 
but I realized how powerful it was, this ostracization and how humiliation of people I could use. Cause I'd like 10,000 people would watch and I'd be like, you know, call this guy on this day. That's Everyone funny. call him at this time and let him know this, this information and then do it. Let's do it again tomorrow. And like I, the power of the That's crowd, horrifying. it was. And I, so I, I didn't allow myself to fall. Thank God. Think about it this way. You said the Avengers. Hmm. Marvel movies were amazing. Making tons of money. Everybody really likes them. And they started getting a little woke. And then people started complaining a little bit. You know, Black Panther got some heat, which I don't think was entirely undeserved, but I like Black Panther. I, I give it a 7 out of 10. Captain Marvel got roasted, and it absolutely deserved it. Now, they all made a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, that was the biggest cultural institution we had in film. Like, the Marvel movies are, each movie's over a billion dollars. Event, uh, uh, Endgame was like the biggest movie for a while. I guess Avatar got re-released. And then they infect it, inf- infect it, infect it, infect it with this cult that starts just destroying what makes it interesting. Then you start seeing, you know, some of the movies that come out are not as good. And the writing gets a little weaker. And it's like eating at the base of what makes things fun and interesting and, and slowly eroding and destroying them. It, it creates nothing. It does nothing. Mm. That's why I think Marxism makes sense. These people want to completely destroy what culture there is to create a new one. Yeah. They want to they want to erase it first. So they're not producing anything. They're going to just destroy everything and then from the from the ashes they will try to build anew. I'm not familiar enough with Marxism. Um like communism, like China is like a pseudo or like a neo-communist. It's not a real communist. It's like just, capitalist communism. It's just totalitarianism. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird like amalgamation of communism and capitalism and and this so is, there probably is a new word for it. Maybe what these people are doing is a new word for like a neo-Marxism. I, I would say it's fair to say real communism has never been tried. And then you must add the caveat to that because every single time someone does try to do, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's wrong. Real communism has never been implemented. And the issue is that every time real communism is tried, they end up just killing tons and tons of people, millions of people. And so that says to me, Every single time you try, you will not be able to successfully implement your utopian vision of full-on communism. It's a feature. Yeah. Well, so the, the general idea these people have, and that's why they don't believe, they, they ignore the history, is they're like, got to keep trying, got to keep trying. They have this, this magic view that we're all going to live in a utopia, that we're all just going to be holding hands and singing under a rainbow, and then everyone will own everything. And it's just garbage, nonsense, fairy tales. So then someone says, I'm going to try and do it. Hello, good sir, Ian. I'm going to make a communist utopia, as we've all dreamed. Would you like to join? Yes or no? Absolutely. Cassandra, would you like to join my communist utopia? Sure. You would. Lydia, would you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Congratulations. None of you have to die. Wait, I have, I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> oh, I've got a Glock 9mm uh, here. Not about this. <laughs> oh, it's too late. <laughs> now there's no one left yeah, to oppose my utopian vision. Uh-huh. That's exactly what happens every time. It doesn't work because people say two words. I disagree. Well, I'm going to have to kill you, I guess. Say, well, I mean, the that's communist. essentially what they're doing to people like digitally now. They're making it so people can't get jobs. They can't get bank accounts. I mean, they're they're effectively like trying to kill people. But that's, that's, I mean, that's why it just becomes authoritarianism. Yeah. I mean, you call it fascism if you want. And the left says, well, fascism is actually I don't care what you want to call it. it doesn't matter. It's a bunch of psychopathic, violent morons who are going to destroy everything because they want power. They're not smart enough to make a machine work, so they're going to throw a wrench in it. Mm. You need some authority. 
like obviously at a, lo- a local level of authority. You need right. a sheriff. Maybe you don't need a sheriff these days, but w- seems like you need a local order. Sheriffs but top great. down authority is very dangerous. That's the path. That's the le- lesson I've learned. I was talking to this anarchist dude about how in like uh, was it uh, uh, Acapulco? Is it Acapulco? Not an Acapulco. Aca- like Acapulco. Acapulco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very anarchistic, and you know that's what they do. Acapulco. And I and I was like, this, this guy's telling me he's like, look where I live. There's no government, there's no police, there's no law, and everyone gets along just fine. And I was like, so what would happen if you, like, walked into your neighbor's house and took his stuff? He's like, I'd probably shoot me. I'm like, oh, because you have a general understanding about what is and isn't acceptable, right? Of course. That's how people work. And I was like, listen, the the general understanding of what is or isn't acceptable is the basic formation of government between people, a social order that exists. So you're not in, uh, okay, fine, I get it. You call it anarchy. And there's no authority. So and without archie authority that I understand. But there is government. People are armed. And so let me ask you another question. If someone comes into your house and takes your stuff, would your neighbors help you stop that person? Yes. Congratulations. You formed a small government that there's no exchange of, 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 uh, of, of currency. You just agree. We live here. We're in charge. And if someone comes and tries to take from us, we're going to use force against them. Scale that up and you get more and more government. So it's really simple to start creating government. And then you take a look at these small anarchist communities. And it's no surprise that over time, as more and more people move in, government becomes more and more overbearing. So I actually was thinking about this in terms of science. And I feel like it's basically following a similar principle to the uh, um, the state of matter. So I think about it this way. You have gas. Particles are really are, are far apart, bouncing around all crazy. And so it makes this, you know, the gas can be, you know, moved and shifted about and you can whiff through it and all that stuff. As you start to compress that into a tighter and tighter space it becomes liquid. Now it's harder to move through. And then if you compress it even further, it becomes a solid. Now you can't move through it at all. That's basically how I view government. If you have a bunch of people all separated, then they have these big bubbles of inherent of, of personal freedom where they can do whatever they want. We can go outside and launch our remote control car 50 feet up in the air and then laugh as it smashes it in the ground. You can't do that in New York. They'll come and get angry because the closer people get together, it starts becoming rigid like solid matter. People's rights get compressed as more and more people emerge around them. And then big cities start pushing totalitarian and despotic rules and laws. Can't have guns anymore. You can't play loud music. You can't, you know, play, you can't play, play instruments in your own home. You, you can't go out at certain points. Oh no, there's a pandemic. Now everyone's got to get shots. Now everyone's got to get vaccine passports. Then you go to the mountain where everyone's separated. Life's normal. Yeah. Make totally free. We're Move also unincorporated it. too. So we don't even have like that much government really. I mean, obviously we have like state and county and stuff, yeah. but we don't, I mean, People will be in our group chat being like, hey, is this legal? And people will respond and be like, is somebody going to die? And then they'll be like, no. And they're like, okay, then do it. What are we like? Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, it's- that's 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 so we, we had a conversation about guns uh, with Luke. And we, we were talking about how like in New York City, for instance, it's like almost impossible to have a gun. And then you get all these liberals being like, why would anyone need an AR-15? And it's like, you're not even saying anything when you say that because there's so many different variants and like calibers and, and modifications. Just like, you don't know what you're talking about. But I mentioned, you know, it's probably not a good idea for someone to have a 308, you know, rifle for home defense in a studio condo in New York City because that bullet's going to rip through walls and maybe hit somebody. And then Luke instinctively 
said, maybe we mm. restrict. And I, and I was like, oh, up, up, up. No, no, no. The point is, maybe the individual is responsible for whatever comes out of the barrel of that gun. And if they do have a 308 in their home, they should know better than firing it because it's going to go through walls. And if they hit somebody, that's negligent homicide because you are in, the individual responsible for that weapon. You should be allowed to have it. But if you shoot it, you're going to get arrested when someone gets hit or for the vandalism and damage you caused by doing it. Same as if you had a car and you drove on a private property, you're in trouble. Same if you had a car, same if you had a car and you were speeding and you hit somebody, you're legally allowed to have a car. You're not legally allowed to crash that car into someone's storefront. So I'm like, you know, that, that's the idea of individual responsibility in big cities. You can still have that freedom. It's just your responsibility. I, I really like this metaphor of states of matter and government, like mm-hmm. constriction, like pressure, like because beyond. So maybe we're in the fluidic state. It's either liquid or gas. There's resistance when you move. The government is the resistance. You can kind of push through it. There's wind resistance. You hit terminal velocity. But once you get even more spacious than gas, you turn into plasma which is the fourth state of matter, which is like, there is no wind resistance in a plasma People are state. running around firing rockets in their what is backyards. It? It's electromagnetic. Yeah, what, what is well, it so like? Like plasma is the fourth state of matter. I would liken that to living literally in, you know, 100 square miles of desert with no one around you. Utopia. You could just take a dump right there. With access to <laughs> like whatever no one, you need. Like the electrons only, can appear in different places within well, the cloud. Well, okay, no, I don't know about that. Well, like matter formation. I'm just, I'm just talking about... The closer people come together, they, their rights start compressing, and it becomes totalitarian, like a rigid, solid state and if, of matter. And if you need to import resources, that's bringing people closer together. So if you don't need to import resources and you can create them on the spot, you can take a dump in the desert. You can create your water and your food. The fourth state of that's this, where we're headed. The fourth state of this analogy yes. is that you're in the middle of the woods on this massive 200-acre plot of land you own, and there's no one who's allowed on your property. And you take a dump right there in an open field. And the only one you bothered is the guy in the space station who's looking down with his, you know, satellite <laughs> telescope, whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. posting it to it. Instagram. You know, he's like, that's so gross. I or he laughs and he's like, legit. If people could have lots of space and could create all their materials on, on source, like at, at location, I think that we would not really need government. Dude, not like were, this. You, you could, you could have in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's, so there still government. is population density of the planet, which means you can't, you know, build nuclear weapons and stuff because people you'll interfere with them at a greater distance. But think about like your range of effect when it comes to your rights. If you live in a tiny cubicle apartment in New York, you can't play the drums, man, because you're gonna have 10 people being like, dude, come on, man. It's not fair to us. I know that firsthand. Right. It's sad. And so you're like, I have a right to be noisy between these hours and it's true but it's kind of a dick move you know people might got to sleep they might got a night shift so it's not necessarily just about law it's about social enforcement now you live in the middle of nowhere 200 acres you're right in the middle you could literally pull out like i mean just watch hickok 45 the dude just goes nuts i watched the video i was tweeting about the ksg 25 dude loads ksg 25 with slugs it's a tactical shotgun that holds 25 shotgun shells and he's just going boom boom like crazy just shooting shotgun slugs like nuts because there's nobody around him and if you had your own planet, you could set off nukes all over the planet and no one exactly. would care. Exactly. That's the plasma. You have your own planet, like <laughs> Dr. Manhattan, and he builds a gigantic weird structure and he floats around doing whatever, whatever he wants because you got nothing, to, no one to bother. And that's literally, you could light off nukes and no one would care. Well, let's, 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 let's or let's, it wouldn't be concerned. Let's jump to a less uh, philosophical but uh, <laughs> interesting story about someone bothering somebody. This is this is this is nuts. You guys ready for this? Nike sues rapper Lil Nas X over Satan shoes that have real blood in the soles. The shoes, which contain a drop of human blood in the sole, went on sale Monday for one thousand eighteen dollars per pair. 
They say the shoes are unofficial designs of Nike's trademark Air Max 97 design, though the shoe company said is not involved with the creation of the shoe. They contain a drop of human blood in the sole and went on sale Monday. Only 666 pairs were made available and all were sold out shortly after going on sale. The shoes drew plenty of high profile critics, including South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem and former Clemson University quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Our kids are being told this kind of product is uh, is not not only okay, it's exclusive, Noam tweeted. The artist responded by writing, you're a whole governor and you on here tweeting about some damn shoes. Do your job. Lil Nas X is not named as a defendant in Nike's lawsuit. Not named. Interesting. Shortly after the lawsuit was announced, he posted a tweet showing a homeless Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants begging for change. And it says, me after the Nike lawsuit. And there's a homeless Squidward. I thought that was funny. It's pretty yeah, I thought that was funny. Kind of funny. Nike filed a trademark infringement and dilution complaint against MSCH, uh, mischief, MSCHF today related to Satan's shoes. Quote, we don't have further details to share on pending legal matters. However, we can tell you we do not have a relationship with Lil Nas X or mischief. The Satan shoes were produced without Nike's approval or authorization. And Nike is in no way connected with this project. First of all, that tweet with the Squidward thing, that was legit. That was funny. Uh, how did he decide? Like, how did, how was he able to make a Nike shoe without Nike's approval? That's, they're, that's just nuts. They're to customs. Me. They're not actually f- by Nike. But isn't that infringement of some sort? Like, you would think, but it seems like they, I mean, there's a huge culture. I've been learning this the last two days because I'm in a Twitter <laughs> war with Nas's fans right now, but <laughs> I got ratioed to hell <laughs> myself. But, uh, um, there's this like huge sub- subculture of people who customize sh- sneakers and apparently it's a really big deal. And Nike normally doesn't enforce copyright, I guess, but because this one has caused so much blowback, I think they had no choice really. I don't care about this shoe. This is, I actually think it's kind of funny. He dripped blood in the shoes and then resold them. Is that what it is? I, wonder, I don't think it's his blood. I really want to know whose blood it is. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Has said. That's so creepy. I mean, look, I think it's weird, but I think if somebody wants to make a weird shoe and sell it and they like, oh, I'm saying, Bleh. but <laughs> whatever. It had man, the Nike thing. design on it, the logo. Yeah. Okay. My issue with it is not the troll game. Like, I respect his troll game. Yeah. He's, he got me that's ratioed legit. real hard. <laughs> like, I got ratioed to hell. Like, it was crazy. I <laughs> I have to give him props for that, at least. I, I You know, troll respects troll, Ready? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, my only issue with anything that he's done is the fact that in January, he was doing interviews with NPR, bragging about how children are his fan base. He was doing videos with Elmo. He wrote a children's book. He performed in an elementary school gym. Like he, I think there was a kids' bop version of uh, "Country Roads" or whatever the song is called. Bop. I mean, he he really went out of his way to market to children, which is a smart thing to do because children are a huge consumer base, and parents are going to spend money on their kids all the time, and it, you know, it's, it's smart. I think he. I think I'm glad he did. But the problem is, you can't brand yourself. I mean, I think that the lyrics to Old Town Road are questionable anyway, and parents probably shouldn't have been letting their kids listen to it. But, you know, after the children's book and the NPR interview and doing a concert in Roblox, he's branded himself as somebody that is safe for children. So this is the best thing he could have done with the Satan shoe with the blood in it. Because now parents are going to be like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't have my kid 
following right. this if stuff. they catch it on time i yep. mean as a parent i have a really difficult time with it because my daughter wants to watch people playing video games and stuff and so she'll i'll be watching a video game channel with her and it'll seem very wholesome and it'll be great for weeks and then all of a sudden they'll start talking about like some insane cult blue and on nonsense or you know it's, saying that there's 170 genders or whatever the hell and and it's hard to keep up with it especially on youtube and stuff like that but even with like disney channel and nickelodeon it's very hard right now to find like wholesome content that you can trust and i and i know parents work and there's all kinds of stuff going on you can't always keep up this guy built a reputation that he was safe for children and then he came out with a video where he's pole dancing to hell and then giving a lap dance to Satan. <laughs> you can't really blame parents for being <laughs> upset with this one. I'm just saying by doing this and generating the controversy, it's like setting a flare up into the air so that parents can see it and maybe now realize he's not so safe for kids. Right. Which is why people are calling it out. Right. Everybody's Good. like, you're trying to get him canceled and, you know, all this stuff. And first it's like, yeah, kind of, because like, I firmly believe that we should be canceling the left back. But also it's more about making sure that parents see it. You want parents to know not to let their kids watch this. And so by putting articles up on Gateway Pundit that are getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views, maybe some parents will be like, oh, crap, my kid really likes this. I better watch out. Absolutely. And and I think that's important. It kind of reminds me of, I think it's a, I think it's a family guy joke where they give, you know, one of the kids like Stewie a children's video on YouTube and they're like, hi, kids, let's learn the ABCs. And then like the parent walks away and they're like, ABC. All right, your parents gone. Good. Go into mommy's purse. Get her credit card. Yeah, now go to this that. website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, are they gone? All right, let's do this. But there's a lot of jokes like that. I just think, I mean, for one, again, I'll stress his, his troll game's on point. And so I, I look at what he's doing as like screwing the status quo. It's punk rock, man. And I was, I was thinking about that. Like, where's, where's the, you know, we, we, we talked about Eminem's song, Cancel Me or something, I think it's called. I don't yeah. know. Without Me? No, 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 no. It's like a new oh, one. Like they're trying to cancel me. I think me. he's so dorky. Yeah, That's it's not very sure. good. But like we talked about that song, Without Me. The, uh, you guys remember that song? I love that yeah. song. From like 2002. Called, I don't the me. whole song Real makes no shady. sense. Yeah. Oh, right. No, no. Without Me is not a minute. Real Slim Shady. That's a different song. It's called Without Me. And the whole song is about cultural references at the time. He's literally just talking smack and being extremely offensive. I don't think anybody would make anything like that and popularize it on TV or in movies the way they did. Because he literally makes disparaging remarks about Christina Aguilera, you know, surfacing to guys from that era in the song. And that song's got a billion views. I'm just thinking about this stuff. Like, where are the people who are like, I'm going to screw with the system to like my utmost like the, to, the, to the maximum possible level and just tell everyone to go shove it. You can't do anything about it. You know? I mean, this isn't new, though. We had Marilyn Manson. We've had all this stuff right. before. It's not new. It's just the only thing. thing that's different is, yeah, he. Li this is literally two months ago. It's not like we're talking about like Miley Cyrus, where she was a child star and then grew up and started making content that was more geared for adults. I know people still get mad about that, but it, that bothers me less. This was literally in January. He's putting out children's books. He's going on NPR talking about how he wants to appeal to children or how he likes that he ap appeals to children and it was a marketing strategy children are a huge huge product consumer base like He's what how old of children i mean the average age for a roblox concert is under 13 wow. like the average roblox users under 13 my daughter uses it all the time um he did a, a video with elmo 
I mean, that's geared well, towards toddlers. Sesame Street went like full on racist, <laughs> oh, apparently, yeah. anyway. So Elmo, Elmo got to learn about why Martin Luther King Jr. was wrong in one of the weirdest <laughs> segments I've ever seen Sesame Street do. It's amazing. Tell me. Yeah, yeah so uh, me. Sesame Street introduces two new black puppets, ABCs of racial literacy. And apparently these characters are saying like the color of their skin is a very important aspect of who they are. All right, fine. I'm being a bit hyperbolic when I say they, they learn about why Martin Luther King was wrong. That's not literally what they're saying. I'm sure Martin Luther King Jr. thought there was relevancy to the color of skin because of racism. They say, first revealed on March 24th by Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit organization responsible for the long running children's show production, ABCs of Racial Literacy Resource, is designed to help families celebrate their own unique identities and answer children's tough questions about race and racism. Apparently in this like Sesame Street segment, he asks them why they're like black and they explain their race and all that stuff. The issue I take with it is that while I certainly think color blindness as a general term is probably not a good thing, we do want to recognize racism exists and that people are treated poorly. You want to treat people as equals without consideration of their race. The problem is, I guess, many people are saying, no, you should give me positive discrimination because of past discrimination. That's Ibram X. Kendi's yes. like, thought process. So, sure, this dude's doing videos with Elmo. I'm not sure Elmo is something people want to have their kids watch. But you know what happens? I bet a lot of millennial parents are like, I used to watch Sesame Street. You should watch Sesame Street, too. And their kid comes in one day, one day and like a seven-year-old goes to their mom and starts preaching about racial segregation. And the mom's going to be like, what? I mean, Maybe you this paid just attention. happened to me like recently and it, it's shocking. Like I am almost a helicopter parent about what my daughter sees, what she does on the Internet. I don't allow her to be on the Internet if I'm not in the room. Like I am kind of a, kind of a bit much about this. But, there but but I was watching. We went on vacation. We don't have cable at my house. Um, we just watch like streaming services. But we were on vacation. We we're in the hotel room and I put on the Disney Channel. And we we're just watching a show that we've watched a million times, old show, so it's not, you know, over the top. But a commercial came on talking about, like, the impeachment and how he's not necessary just because he was found not guilty doesn't mean he didn't do something wrong. And then Black Lives Matter commercials and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, when I was little, Disney was wholesome as heck. Like, and so I, I implicitly, like, I trust Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and stuff because when I was a kid it was like people getting slimed and stuff. They weren't yeah. talking about politics. They weren't I mean, talking about this stuff. Wow. When I when I was a kid, all that stuff I wanted to do the opposite of. You know what I mean? Like when we would see those commercials about like well, at least maybe it's growing up on the south side of Chicago, where they're like, you know, stay out of gangs, kids, and don't do drugs, like all of my friends were like, hmm. I think I'm gonna go Drugs. do those things. What are those? Yeah, what are those? <laughs> yeah, apparently there was like, I, I guess in some instances, the D.A.R.E. program, which was telling kids not to do drugs, just yeah. taught them how to do drugs. It was like, don't put it in your mouth and light it with a lighter and then <laughs> suck it in. Don't do that. Don't inhale afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So we just watched uh, Man of the Year, just like as, a side, as an aside real quick. Have you seen Man of the Year? No. From Negative. 2006, Robin Williams. So Andreas was telling us, he's, he's a dude who hangs out here. Uh, he was telling us that there's a scene where Robin Williams says Kofifi, Kofifi over and over again. He doesn't, but we watched the film. It's about a media personality who's supposed to be like Jon Stewart. And people are like, why don't you run for president? He does. And then he wins. It's the craziest thing. You got to watch it. You got to oh, see wow, this movie. You know, you know why? You know why you got to watch it? No. It was like watching someone predict Donald Trump. Huh. Robin Williams plays a misogynistic, anti-Semitic comedian and i don't mean that in the literal sense i mean that at the time that comedy was considered appropriate and good and everyone loved it on the left 
So when he makes jokes about women and Jews and illegal aliens, everyone's laughing. And so he actually just gets, he gets like 10% in the polls. There's one scene where basically he's debating the other two presidents because his poll numbers are so well. And then he's like, they want to add a constitutional amendment saying you can't burn the American flag. It's a distraction because 4 million illegal aliens just crossed our border. Robin Williams said that. Wow. And I was like, this is crazy. And then he ends up winning. I'm going to spoil the movie. It's, you know, 20 years old. But he, he ends up winning because of a computer glitch. So new electronic voting machines are what? brought in. And there's a glitch which causes him to win. It's the weirdest thing ever. Just like watching this movie. Now, the, weir- the craziest thing about it is it ends with like he wins the presidency. Then it ends with him realizing he didn't really win. He goes on Saturday Night Live and he's like, the establishment should be in charge. We should allow the political elites who have no allegiance to the American people. But like he says, seriously, the whole point of the movie is him saying the Republican Party, and the Democratic Party don't represent us anymore, that they're just in it for the special interests to take all this money. Then they owe favors to these, to these interests and they pay him back by screwing over the little guy and ignoring what the people need. And at the end, he's like, but you know what? Maybe that's how it should be. And then they all cheer and celebrate and Senator Live is like, yay. It's really, it's a really creepy movie. Wow. Super creepy. Yeah. Just, you should check it out. Okay. Anyway, let's go to Super Chats. My friends, if you have it's not cool. already, smash that like button because it really, really does help. Crush it. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that notification bell and go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're actually, um, we're going through the hiring process for a few people. We've already brought on some people and we're going to be hiring writers. We're going to start doing articles. We're going to have legit fact checking, all this really great stuff. And we're going to be doing new shows. So Cassandra and I are, are planning a cult paranormal weird and wild. We just got to figure out how to get it going and then we'll get it going. But like, you know, these are, these are things that are, that are all happening. The difficulty is we got to bring on people to do an administrative production positions so they can oversee these projects. Cause I, I, I can't literally do everything. There's only so many hours in the day, but become a member because when you sign up for timcast.com, not only do, do you get access to these amazing bonus segments that we'll do and we'll have one tonight you are helping to fund the creation of new content and i just like we want to make fun shows and stuff it's just not woke and it'll be original independent slightly lower budget but done well i'll put it that way all right smash that like button and let's get to these super chats also don't forget we got that really great um uh diamond hands gorilla shirts available you can see in the chat and at timcast.com go to shop so uh, the first super chat, which for some reason YouTube always cuts the name off. I don't know why. They mentioned the AstraZeneca vaccine. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the one that's been discon- that's been put on, yes. uh, frozen in Canada. It's the one. Yeah. Matthew Hammond says Cassandra is the best. Can mm-hmm. she host the podcast Cults, Conspiracies, and Cassandra? What are you waiting for, Tim? <laughs> uh, administrative support, so like production to like oversee the project. But uh, yeah, how about Cults, Conspiracies with Cassandra? I that. Yeah. <laughs> Triple C. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm very excited to do it. Mark Hunt says, what's your thoughts on the Suez Canal situation? I love the memes. <laughs> there was one post where someone said every man on the planet has a solution to how to get the ship unstuck. It's like all of the men of the world sta- standing around a pickle jar that needs to be unstuck it's and they're true. telling you how to do oh it. <laughs> and then the best with the response was, and each and every one of their responses is correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, they, they, they got it unstuck, the ship. And then 10 minutes later, it got stuck again. Oh, wow. But I guess they got it back out. Oh, good. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> okay. So that was costing, it was a, a ship ran aground in the Suez Canal, blockaded and was yep. costing like, $60 million a minute or some some yep. absorbent amount of lost uh, transit. Million. So there's a bunch of memes where it's like, 
you know, I think Luke posted, ordered nine millimeter, and then <laughs> yeah. it was like shipping to, uh, it was like, it was an en route, and it's the guy like smiling, and then it says, uh, last known location, Suez Canal, and he's like, oh, no. all, all shocked. <laughs> yep. Well, not, it's not that it's in the canal, it's that nothing could get through the canal. All right, let's see. Cryptic says, Tim, how do you feel about the rising Wall Street silver movement? Some mints are now unable to deliver silver to unallocated accounts until months. Looks like the physical squeeze on silver is working. That'll be really interesting. I mean, I don't know enough about silver, how that's going to work. I do own silver. I mean, I think most people have some kind of silver. Uh, it'll be cool. I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. Don't know a lot about I, silver. I should say that 20 million a minute. I don't know if that's what was being million? lost in the Suez Canal. Yeah, the but Athenians. What do you think about silver? The Athenians yeah. mined it. That's what made Athens so great. Silver? Yeah, silver mine. What'd they do with it? Um, they would it? melt it into coins primarily. Uh, I don't know what else, but they would just use slaves. Uh, people would like lease their slaves to the Athenian state to go down there and mine silver. Robin Lots. Cosby says AstraZeneca COVID vaccine is the blood clot one that everyone is worried about. Mm-hmm. Well, there's all there's alternatives, you know. Eric Allen says, thanks for clearing up Friday for people. It definitely helps. And I hope you guys collab again soon. Much love. Legit. It was our fault. Um, I didn't communicate with Jeremy beforehand. And then he ended up going on Adam's show. And so then when I came up for pre-production, what people need to understand is uh, for a lot of guests, when they come in here and I haven't talked to them before, there's always something we can just talk about. So you'll notice some shows are literally... Like when we had Jody Shaw on, she for I think for like 40 minutes, she was just t- telling her story. We didn't need a lot of pre-production to be like, tell me your story. And let's work our way through this. For Jeremy, we both do a very similar, you know, kind of commentary thing. And we had just done a show the night before. So we kind of exhausted a lot of the topics we could have talked about. And then he didn't realize we had an earlier call time because I, I, it's our fault. Someone on our end told him not to worry about it. And then I was like, dude, I don't we don't have any stories like I've not prepare anything we haven't gone over anything we haven't talked about anything and a lot of stuff we were going to talk about we talked about yesterday i was like i just don't know if i have it in me to like put pull something together in the last few minutes and so it was it was my fault not had nothing to do with jeremy he was uh, did everything he was supposed to be jeremy you are the man dude i hope you're watching i love you dude and thanks for coming (laughs) that was really fun and um we should play games someday i know it's a little obfuscative uh over the internet but um let's hang out sometime come back or i'll go over your house yeah, some people mentioned like with James O'Keefe, he was super late. And I'll, I'll mention with James straight up when when he called me before the show and said, I'm going to be late. I was like, I can't do it, bro. I was like, look, we try to be on time for everybody. And if you can't make it, like I'm, I'm, I just I, I don't play I don't play favorites with people. I've had so many really amazing high profile people message me saying, just do a remote show, Tim, just for me. And I'm like, dude, I can't do it. Because I'm not going to do a special thing for every single person. Mm. James chartered a private plane. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, all right, dude. Okay. You got it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, and that, and that also too was very much, James says, don't worry, I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So when I get there, I was like, okay, I guess we'll try and, you know, put something together. And then when he gets here, he's just going to talk to us. We ended up doing a full hour bonus show because yeah. there was so much James and I hadn't talked about. It's really, really hard. I think people need to understand too mm-hmm. that. There's a lot, there's a decent amount of pre-production. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's a decent amount where we warm up, we talk about ideas, we line up our stories. You'll notice we pull up a bunch of stories and read through them. It's because we did all the work loading them in the first place. So maybe not the what people expected, but that's just the reality. And uh, sometimes it's just hard to pull things together and we screw up. It's just a sad reality, I guess. Let's see. Coldy Locks Production says, what happened to the right to privacy or patient confidentiality from doctors, businesses, and government? Doesn't need to know my medical history, let alone what I do in my private life at home. That's actually a really, really important point. 
mm-hmm. HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA laws, yeah. right? What if I just say I don't have to prove it because it's my privacy? You know we I mean? give them an inch and they're going to take a mile. Yeah, That's the, my fear with all of it. The well, Nazis I, would like, really, they would execute sick people. That was a big part of it. He wanted to get rid of like the, the not pure people. And a lot of those were like people that have mental problems or physical you know, problems have, or just illness in general. I have a question. Was it with the Americans with Disabilities Act? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if you go to Walmart and they're like, you have to have proof of vaccine and you say, I have allergies, I can't get it. Can they say you're not allowed to come to this business because of a medical condition? I wonder if they'll do exemption cards. I've dealt with severe allergy before when I was growing up. It freaks me out. I was in the hospital like for a couple of days, I think. It kill you. Yeah. And it's, it's no joke. That's why people carry EpiPens. And so when they announced, they're like, vaccine, don't take it. If you're, if you have food allergies, you got to wait. I'm like, you got it. Cause I've, I've been through that. I do not want to go through that again. So what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. If they launch these passports, look, I think vaccines are rad, but I was advised against, you know, and it's not even, it's not even any particular vaccine. I was reading about it and they said for most new vaccines, there's a wait period for people with food allergies because there's the possibility of a, a anaphylactic reaction. And then we saw those nurses who had it. So I'm just like, dude, <laughs> apparently those nurses were like, no, it's okay. I'm fine. I was treated. I'm like, yeah, but like going to the ER and like getting the epinephrine, like, I'm not all about that, man. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I, if people, you know, I, I want to get it. Like I got no beef. I'm stoked. Look, I know a lot of people are saying they're worried about it being rushed, but I'm like, Trump's the one who, who rushed this through. I don't think I, I don't trust Trump with everything either. He didn't even it. pardon Assange. He's That's true. Especially. Like, I, I I don't know. Trump is wonderful. He's great and all. But just because he pushed it doesn't mean that it's great. I, I'm sorry. I can't get on board. I, I'm going to get us in trouble if I keep talking. I, I, I just I just think that <laughs> I, I think they didn't want to give him a success. You know what I mean? I, I think FDA approval is extremely important. A lot of these vaccines have been around for a really, really long time. So we know the, the adverse effects. So I really just... I'm not, I, I don't know. I just think we need FDA approval. I think that people who are very high risk should take it. I just think that the risk for people who are not high risk is too questionable. I don't want a food allergy risk. The FDA is not even the end all. It's just an organization, government organization. Like they say aspartame is totally fine because they've done one study on rats with it that caused cancer or, or seemed like it was carcinogenic. But because they never did other studies on aspartame, they say there aren't enough studies to say are that you, it's are carcinogenic. Are you one hundred percent sure about all of those facts? Last, or I, is that last your I've opinion? studied that. Yeah, last I've studied, they did one t- one aspartame study, carcinogen study on rats, and then it showed that there was a likelihood that it was carcinogenic. And then they stopped doing the studies, and now they say there aren't enough studies to prove it. So well, but, there's but, no, not enough evidence. I think cultural enforcement, social enforcement, is always the most important thing. You know that people don't drink that stuff a lot as much anymore? Like soda, regular old soda. People don't like drinking that anymore. Water consumption's going it's up. so great. We got the, you know, you ever see Hydro Homies on Reddit? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a viral Reddit group where it's just people like, gotta drink more water. <laughs> and they post pictures of bottled water and that's great. like oh, memes about drinking more water. Yeah, I was water. reading that like soda consumption is way, way down. Wow. I know all my friends, when we go out to eat, we usually just get like water or alcohol, if you get alcohol. 
But when it comes to like fast food restaurants, most people that go to fast food restaurants don't get large sodas anymore. Does Nestle They'll get like unsweet tea or who something? Who owns Coca Cola? Nestle own Coca Cola. No, I Nestle think Coca Cola owns Coca Cola. Um, I wonder if they're investing in water, like doing bottled water. Liz Avion is like, Coca-Cola. oh, of course they are, absolutely. So they're like, let's get away from soda. Let's buy the water mines, the, and then we'll start selling yep. water instead, which yeah. has its double edged sword, I guess. All right, let's read this from Brent Saigan. He says, hey, Tim, your bullying of my brother, Grant, to make an account on your website is yet to work. But could you shout out my friend Robert? He listens to some of your stuff, and he's leaving for the Navy today. Oh, wow. Sound, sounds rad. Uh, cool, man. Have well, have fun. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to the show. And your, your brother, Grant. Darn it, Grant. He's letting us down. <laughs> I think if Grant doesn't sign up, I may just have to pack it in. Because, to be honest, yeah. I was just trying to get his respect the whole time. Grant. I'm disappointed. Grant. Up, dude. If, if I can't inspire you, then I maybe I should just take the beanie off. And you can just be, you can inspire too. Oh, you can no. <laughs> oh, come on, Grant, you can join. Become a member at TimCast.com. Joe Spinella says the Privileges and Immunities Clause, U.S. Constitutional, uh, U.S. Constitution, Article 4, Section 2, Clause 1, also known as the Comedy Clause, prevents a state from treating citizens of other states in a discriminatory manner. Hmm. So that means New York can't really do what they're doing with this vaccine passport, huh? That's weird. I don't know. I look that up. It re- it's going to require a Supreme Court lawsuit. I feel like the government's doing a whole lot of things that they shouldn't be able to do. So I don't even know anymore. Emergency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They often and yep. I mean, we're still dealing with the Patriot Act and stuff. I mean, we're going to be dealing with these COVID emergency things for a long time. I think. So uh, Nishra produces uh, some of some of my music, and you know, uh, many people, many people, many people probably know her from Adam's show. Which I remember she asked a few months ago, she was like, we we're talking about guns and she's she's from Sweden. She goes, wait a minute, I'm confused. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And we all go, uh-huh. But they're infringing and we all start laughing yep. like, yes, yes. Yep. She's so cool. I yes. Like she, she mentioned this to me before. She was like just earlier today. She was like, I don't understand how your constitution literally says you can't do it. But like everywhere does it. And I'm like, you're asking me, dude. That's my thing. It's like. I actually think we should be responsible and have a conversation about gun control. But I think the Constitution says otherwise. And if people want to change that, it doesn't matter what my opinion is or anyone else's. There it is. Constitution says it. Then you got to bring all the states together and, and change it. And that's the reality of uh, how it's supposed to work. Yeah, it's a free everywhere. And then state by state, they can kind of dictate. But then city by city, can they do it? Also, can they be like, in this city, it's open carry, even if the state says no? Apparently, there's a bunch of rulings already saying everything they do is illegal anyway. Hmm. But who wants to be the person to get standing to sue after they get arrested or charged? I think the NRA or someone like that. (laughs) The NRA. NRA Are they they like in the pocket of somebody? The the NRA is just like a, I don't know. That's kind of their... I don't know. What do they do? Isn't their purpose to uphold gun rights? They don't. Yeah, but that's their supposed purpose to be there. is to collect donations. Gun owners is really good though as an alternative to NRA. I really like them. They actually stood up for um, the controversial person in Kenosha. Um, I I want I want some gun rights organizations to go to the inner city youth in Chicago who are arrested on gun possession charges and advocate for the right to keep and bear arms. That's pretty cool. I'm actually looking right now. West Virginia just passed something pretty cool, but I don't want to misstate it. And I'm what sorry you, that I keep talking. About well, what, do you, what do you think it is? Um, you are legally just, obligated to carry a gun. <laughs> no, there's some so. <laughs> um, something they're they're gonna not um, enforce federal laws. Oh, interesting. Um, oh. About guns, but I I don't want to misstate it. Yeah, so well, there's always the ATF. So yeah. 
All right, let's see. Karis says, hey, Tim, I work in healthcare. I install patient monitoring hardware and software. I work with nurses, doctors, and biomed personnel. Sometimes a mask is our only armor in these hospitals, like that rare charm in an RPG. Yes. Yeah, man. People don't realize about this. People don't realize this about hospitals, but old people die from hospitals. Yes. No joke. They'll get sick or they'll have to go to the hospital for a broken bone. And then there is just illness all over the hospital. People are sick. And so they can contract the stuff. What like, you know, MRSA and stuff and stuff. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's see. I found it. West Virginia House passes bill to ban enforcement of federal gun control past, present and future. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, they'll still have to go to justice and stuff, but... Right, right, right. Obviously. And you still got to deal with the ATF. Yeah. So, you got the federal government. But we've had a lot of counties in West Virginia becoming sanctuary counties, too. Yeah. And they're saying that they won't work with ATF. They won't work with FBI or whatever. So, Very cool. Yeah. It's but that means... So, what? So it'll be interesting to see what happens if someone in West Virginia decides to get a full auto weapon without going through the NFA, the tax and all that stuff, and the ATF. We'll see. They're not going to have help from local law enforcement if... If, you know, things go as they look like they're going to. But so. then this could lead to a lawsuit that goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah. All gun control is racist. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's true. At ta- ask Maj Touré mm-hmm. yes. and Black Guns Matter about it because they're not wrong. All right. Landoon says, hey, Tim and crew, I'm a soldier in the U.S. Army. Our unit has uh, has had loose rules regarding the wearing of the mask since the lockdown began. But other units are very strict about the mask. It all depends on who your leaders are. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Darth Typhon says, Tim, you guys should have Magnus Panvidya on the show. It would make for a great conversation regarding the culture war between the establishment and bottom unity groups such as Boogs, anti-fascists, and right-wing militias. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Stormskip says, Tim, can you talk about how Democrat policies fit together? Lockdowns cause people to lose jobs so they can't afford the reintroduced individual mandate of ACA, soon they need to go on government health care to get a vaccine passport. That's really interesting. Did they reintroduce the individual mandate? Not or sure. The, in, the involuntary that. mandate? Yeah. Ben Walker says, thanks for talking seriously about vaccine risks. I'm 100% pro-vax, but side effects can be serious. Check out Pandemics. GSK swine flu vaccine that gave over 10 people narcolepsy. I have narcolepsy. It's no joke. Provax, but people should be aware of potential risks. I think that's in an honest society, we'd be saying, dude, vaccines are amazing. They're amazing. I had a conversation with uh, some conspiracy person a while ago, and I said, if you've got, you know, uh, a million people who might die from something, so you introduce a vaccine that's going to save 950,000, and then 50,000 people will, will get some serious side effect from the vaccine, some resulting in death. But you save 950,000 people. Like the problem I think a lot of people don't realize is that if there is a system in place that causes some adverse effect, they focus on that as the worst possible thing when it's possible so, the COVID could have been way worse. So one of the challenges with talking about lockdowns and masks and all this is that we have no metric by which to judge a lot of these policies because we all did it. You can look at Sweden. You can look at the numbers in Texas and we start to get a clear picture of, okay, maybe the lockdowns were a bad idea. In the beginning, though, we just didn't know. There was nothing to compare it to. So we were like, let's try and do the right thing. And then when people were looking at numbers, we still didn't know. Maybe it would have been worse if we didn't. We don't know. Now it's a year plus on. Now we're starting to get a better picture. Texas, the number's going down. In Florida, they're, they're well below average because it, we're ter- it turns out COVID actually transmits easier indoors. I guess that's what, what Fauci was saying. And now we're kind of changing that policy for some reason. Biden wants to keep going. I think it's because safety is easier. 
just to absolve themselves of responsibility. Of course, but if you give up freedom for safety, you lose both and deserve neither, according to one of the yeah. great founding fathers. All right, Steve Smithy says, hey, Tim, love the show. Are you excited for the new Hearthstone expansion? What class are you looking forward to playing the most? Also, if you like card games, you should check out this upcoming game called The Bazaar. Um, that's super, I don't, I don't, I used to be way more into Hearthstone. I don't care too much or track the expansions or anything like that, but I do play it a lot. I typically just play the tavern brawls and the solo because, eh, it's more fun. It's just more fun. Great YouTuber called Trump that, uh, does yeah. Hearthstone vids. Twitch, Twitch I watch a well. lot of Trump. Um, Trump. Mage? Mage is, Mage is the best. I like Warlock because of the draw. Yeah, but, but it's slow. It's it's just so OP, the mage getting that, that mage. one point of damage every turn Dude, to just spot removal, you know what I mean? Mage is insane. Have you played Hearthstone? No, it's Blizzard's Blizzard's card game. It's awesome. Ugh. It's like a world a Warcraft card game. Nice. All right, so Bass says, DeSantis is already planning an executive order banning vaccine passports in Florida. I need to leave New Jersey. Yes, sir. You need to leave New Jersey. We left quite a while we left a little while ago, only several months at this point. It's been it's been just about half a year or so, not quite. And uh, yes, this is what, Luke went to Florida. Luke went to Florida because of DeSantis, I'm assuming. DeSantis is like, we're going to protect people from censorship. We're, we're going to allow people to be open and live normally. And Luke was like, you can buy guns. You can go to the beach. You can go to the restaurants and eat food like normal. Censorship. DeSantis is doing a good He's job. Not, it's, I'm like... I want to love DeSantis so bad, but he's actually not really great on censorship. Um, oh, he yeah. was very, I think he actually signed a bill in Israel um, that was. Um, in Israel? Yeah, about BDS. Oh, and right. as much as I hate the left and they make me crazy, I I think that censoring BDS is What wrong. is BDS? Uh Boycott, divest, and sanction. Yeah, it's against the Israeli against state. Israel. Yeah, and so a lot of people are advocating for it, and then some. A lot of groups have tried to like ban it in some capacity. Like, didn't Congress try to ban it or something? Yeah. Well, they try to make sure that agencies who support it don't get government money. I believe. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I'm not super well versed on it, but I really oppose any. Um, like government mandates on who you can boycott or not. And I think that that's a very strange and dangerous form of censorship. So I, I don't so like it. It's really simple. I oppose blocking c contracts with companies that engage in any capacity in BDS because they're calling for boycotting, divesting, or, or sanctioning Israel. I don't agree with BDS, but they're expressing their political views and their opinions. I do agree with Donald Trump's executive order banning government contracts with companies that engage in critical race theory, because the critical race theory trainings are a violation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, I believe Title VII. It's a big difference. BDS Agreed. is, here's my opinion, and here's what I think we should do. And so we're going to hold this ourselves to this. And the other companies are like, we're engaging in illegal practices. Also, it's a foreign nation. Like, you're boycotting a foreign nation. It's not like you're doing something that has any effect on American companies or I, I don't know. It just, it's weird to me to legislate that Americans can't speak out against another That's nation. very strange. It, right. And I mean, I know the, the right, a lot of the right really supports it, but like for me, that is a thing. Every time that I'm like, yeah, DeSantis, you're killing it. You're doing great. I, I think about that and I'm just like, <sighs> that's real. It nags at me. It's like, yep. You got to be careful for tribalism. Yeah. Because they might just be doing things that are popular with the base. Yeah. All right. Patrick says, as a proud mountaineer, 
I've been very happy with how my state has handled COVID, the election and the bills being put through the legislature right now. Yeah, very me cool. too. They're so good. I've been watching it all day. I, my whole feed is West, like cheering for West various Virginia. things that West Virginia passed. Mm-hmm. passed. <laughs> the Dallas Dead Eye says, Tim is like, don't believe fake news media, but bet your life on medical media because they don't lie. Foolish. You see, that is just a gross mischaracterization of my opinions. Here's what I actually think. A good portion of VC-funded digital media outlets is woke rage bait garbage. This stuff has begun infecting a bunch of major corporate news outlets like CNN and the New York Times. Many of these outlets do report very fine news, but I have to sift through it to try and figure out what's garbled nonsense and what's actually backed up. And even I can't do that all the time. So I actually don't say, you know, uh, I will definitely say question a lot of the stories from the media and fact check them. But I use CNN and the New York Times for various stories, and I use them on purpose because I'm not saying everything they do is bad. I'm saying they have very they have corrupt components within them. As for the medical media, let me tell you this. Doctors used to tell you to smoke. They're not always right, and there are risks involved in any of these things. But I'll put it this way, man. I've gotten tons of vaccines. I understand this is rushed. I understand people are, 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 are taking serious issue with it. I understand Canada has just suspended the AstraZeneca vaccine. European countries did something similar. There are real conversations happening around whether or not there are going to be serious risks and the long-term effects. My point is that I think you, you said it best. The older people who are at risk should get it. Younger people probably don't need it. And I'll put it this way. When it comes to vaccines, I go to the doctor and the doctor says, Frozel Dazaban and Nazoprene or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, I have no idea what that is. I'll Google it and be like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Patch me up, doc, and send me on my way. Talk to your doctor. And I got to be honest, you should be trusting your doctor more than you trust me or anybody else. Your doctor who you talk to, talk to is going to know about your health more than Dr. Fauci or Trump or me or Joe Biden or anybody. And that's all that really matters, man. I, I kind of take a view of like uh, skepticism with any kind of media, but also not obtrusivism. Like don't just reject it at face value just because it comes from the media or the pharmaceutical industry, including these like I was just looking up some aspartame studies. There was one about rats in 2006. You looked it up? Yeah, that caused cancer. They said there were problems with the study. They say they've done more studies on it, never really found a link. You know, that's how I live. I'm, I'm skeptical. I got to do my own research, really, and read each study piece by piece. Yeah. Myself says, Tim, I had a dream that you hosted an event at your compound and we went turkey hunting on your property. You see a lot of turkeys out there? Been practicing your calls? We have a lot of turkeys. The other day we had a group of turkeys just walking through the parking lot and they're just doing turkey stuff. They're chilling. Dude. Uh, we're not going to kill them, though. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I was asked by the guys at the gun shop. They were like, you got a lot of turkeys? I was like, oh, one day we probably have like 20 or 30. And they were like, come on. And I'm like, ah, no, no, no. We're like, you know, we're not going to kill it. It made me think about Andreas was telling me in the sauna the other night. We have a sauna, by the way, and it's amazing. Get in the sauna if you can. (laughs) Um, That If you play bat sounds, did he tell you this? I was like, how do we get rid of the mosquitoes? He's like, you play bat sounds. What? Mosquitoes, they know that sound. He said he went into a room in South America that was like infested with like thousands of mosquitoes. Like it was disgusting. And they played bat sounds on their phone and they all left. All the mosquitoes left the room. Because the so, bats eat them. Yeah. That's very smart. So you just blast so it out in the backyard. There. We got chickens. Uh, well, sad news, though. I tweeted about it. Um, nice. We did We did lose two of the chickens. And the sad truth is that they were just weak. You know, we talked to the... We, we went to a local farm. We got some... Uh, we got eight chickens. And they were all fairly young. I think they were like five weeks old. And very quickly, two of them started getting sick and displaying signs of parasites. One of them just dropped dead. 
And it was like rather abrupt. We knew it was sick. And I didn't, I was like, I don't know what to do. I Googled it. And then within like 16 hours of realizing it was sick, it was just, it just collapsed. I went out one morning and it was just standing there all poofed up and chilling. Came back an hour later and it was collapsed and it was struggling to breathe. And then within 20 minutes, gone. The next one was, was really sad. It was a really nice little chicken and it was active. We got brought it to the vet. The vet said, looks like a parasite. We're going to give it some medicine. We did. And then we started on medicine for the first day. And then all of a sudden it started improving. She started drinking water, started eating food and peeping. And I was like, this is fantastic. Next morning, dead. Just wow. Yeah, just gone. Another of our chickens started poofing up, stopped. You started getting lethargic. And I was like, oh, man, because they're they're spreading this parasite. So I gave it the medicine at the first sign later in the day. Chicken was running around eating again. Good. Next day, gave it medicine. Seems to be totally fine now. But Keep it up is with smaller. the medicine. Yeah. Because there might be still trace parasites. Yep. Yep. They basically poop in their own food and then pick yep. at it. Smart. They're such nasty little <laughs> Filthy. <laughs> Filthy little dinosaurs. Dude, watching, watching these little things walk up to their water, drink, and then turn around and just lift their wings and just dump right in their water. I'm <laughs> oh, like, God. what are you doing? I got to clean it out? Wow. Yep. And yeah, they're still they're, alive. Yep. But they've the learned. species has We got We got stink bugs here like crazy. Like oh, yeah. nobody's business. Chickens love. They'll stinks. eat right out of your hands too, and it doesn't hurt. They'll peck at your fingers. Doesn't hurt. They but like you give it. them a stink bug, and they all start chasing each other, yeah. fighting over it. Out. Yeah, I want to do like, a, a chicken race where like one of them has a stink <laughs> bug, and you just have a, like a long corridor that they run. <laughs> and the other ones will chase them. They're great. They're love getting it. big real fast. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. So yeah, right Right now they're in Chicken College in the Chicken City oh, yeah, the yeah. because they all hang out together and like huddle together. No Marxism, though. And then, Mm-mm. yeah, we, there's no Marxism. That's very capitalistic. <laughs> yeah. And then once they're older, there's houses. They'll have to, you know, move into their own homes. Oh, and I love no the big critical one. chicken theory. That's no right. critical <laughs> chicken theory. <laughs> We're watching, though, to see if it displays naturally. Yeah, it won't. Clayton Pajunas says, hey, guys, I just want to say thanks and share some tendies. Hopefully my Diamond Hands Gorilla shirt comes soon. Oh. P.S. Ian's killing it today. Love y'all. Oh, you hey, there you go. Dog. I'm excited for you to get your shirt. Yeah, we uh, we got we got them. They're downstairs. We need to open them. Oh, nice. Ones. I'll wear one tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, the, the Diamond Hands Gorilla. So most of you know we have the I am a gorilla shirt. It's just a, a meme about Alex Jones when he kept saying he was a gorilla. So we made a gorilla saying I'm a gorilla. Means nothing else, really. But then because there was the meme from the Wall Street bets about apes strong together the planet of the apes thing and they use the gorilla emoji i was like let's give our gorilla a suit and hold stacks of cash <laughs> with cigar. a cigar and sunglasses yeah. so it's the diamond hands gorilla see he's got all this cash because he has diamond hands and he held for as long as possible and then he sold out at the top or i guess diamond hands means you never sell wow i, I don't ha- know i haven't sold i still have a bunch of i love it bunch of ame <laughs> if it were me i'd keep it forever why not Sandy i mean AMC. the t-shirt Arcyon says to both Ian and Tim, you guys need to do more research on the Council of Nicaea. Mm. If you know anything about the history of Catholicism, you would know that Gnostic Bibles were made to subvert Christianity. Mm. Narcissism came hundreds of years after Christ. Constantine protected the Bible's legitimacy. Interesting. I think the Palace of Gnosis was uh, a Cretan, a Minoan capital. I, it was it was K-N-O-S-S-I-S, not Gnostis, Gnosis. I don't know if they were related. Seemed like a learning a learning place. But Seamus will be here. Uh, eventually yes. and he is a master yeah. of catholicism yeah he knows a lot we could definitely talk about that that'd be fun steven pizowski says i live in richmond va cassandra is right broad street which was the best it's been in 50 years is still mostly boarded up from the riots i work in government small business small business applications are down 90 percent i was right where the riots were and in the stonewall jackson statue we drove past that and stuff and i was just like it, it's not the richmond that you think of anymore 
It was very odd. And yeah, you could see all the riot stuff left wow. over. It was horrible. Crazy. Yeah. Dixon says, Ian is soy Moses, and I'm here just to watch him take red pills. I will feed you the golden calf. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> you, could eat, you can eat gold, monatomic or colloidal gold suspended in water if you go online and look for it. Yeah, and it's really good for you. It coats the neurons in your brain, causes them to superconduct. If you're stretching and your muscle's going to rip, it'll fill in the rip and you can Don't keep stretching. Don't take medical advice This from is not Ian. medical advice. <laughs> It's a supplement. It's like a food. But apparently gold used to be in the ground and we would get trace. Like you want yeah. iron in your body. You want like vitamin, trace vitamin metals. Vitamin D from dirt too. And it, we mine so much of it out that we're not getting enough gold in our diets. So you supplement. Interesting. That Moses, Moses would have been in that. All right. Doctor, doctor says a man who is truthful to himself has no secrets and tells no lies, has nothing to, to fear but himself. Also, change starts from within and flows outwards. Thank you to all for all. Uh, thank you to all. For being self-actualized, you're helping others find their way in voice. Much love. Appreciate yeah, it. Nice. Thank you. Hayden says, the terrifying cult isn't actually Marxist. It's traditionalists with a capital T. Look into Professor Benjamin Teitelbaum's work on the subject. Greenwald is a fan. This was the Viking aim of Ragnarok, the utopian goal of the Germans in the 1930s and others. Hmm. Yeah, the, the woke left are not progressives in the actual literal definition. They're very much reactionaries. In the literal definition. So reactionaries were those who wanted to maintain the status quo in the French Revolution, simplifying for sure. And they'll call themselves progressives today because they know it's the only way to convince people because like, oh, the progressives are always right. In reality, the things they're implementing are things from a long time ago that we defeated. They're trying to rewind the clock on freedom of speech. They're trying to rewind the clock on racial segregation. And they're getting it. These people are outright reactionaries who are trying to revert the system back to the way it used to be because they don't like the world we're in now. That's like doublespeak at its finest, Absolutely. calling it progressivism. That's what they do. Wow. Yeah. The anti-fascists. And they go around beating people. Anti-racist. The, the worst part for that I've been thinking about a lot is that there's white moms that are pushing all this white men bad stuff online and in the ballot box. And it's just like how... What kind of culture and society has moms that are doing these things that are against their own children's self-interest yep. or their own children's well, did, did interest? You, did you see that uh, Emily Radichkowski article for Vogue no. where she's like, I had a friend who was pregnant and she would look at her sleeping husband with disgust saying there was nothing worse than a peacefully sleeping white man in patriarchy or something. Oh, my God. And gosh. she was shocked that she was bringing another white man into the world. She cried. Yeah, she cried. And then she later finally learned that she could love her husband again. That is psychopathy. I'm trying to like put myself in the position of a kid that had, would have had to hear that. It would have messed me up so bad right? if I thought I was just inherently a problem. But on that's society. all that the kids are hearing right now. That's what they're hearing with critical race theory. That's what they're hearing with these stupid Sesame Street programs and all this propaganda that's flooding all the time. I mean, you're having white supremacy. They're talking about how like shooting mass shootings are white supremacy when it's mostly not white people or well, that they're the ones attacking Asians, mostly mass, not white people. Mass, mass shootings are mostly white people. No. I looked it up. No. Look up the there's a website that has actual photos of every single one from 2020. The thing you're probably not counting gang gang shootings. I just looked up the hard numbers for shootings of four people or more. And it's like. 66% white and like 22% black. And then, then they're not counting gang shootings. Yeah. There's some websites that don't count them. Ah, not but. looking at it. All right. Shameless Girlfriend says, first super chat. Absolutely love the members only Jack Murphy content. Yes. 
cross smack openness is the most OG video on the tube. Hoping for a shout out to Steve Cronin, early victim of YouTube censorship and true libertarian. Cross smack openness was my first YouTube video. It's on my cross Mac channel, oh. which was my old my old email address. Cool. And uh, thank you for that. I love it's real, man. Freedom Thoughts says, Tim, you've been talking a lot about how the far left likes guns. That's definitely true. But for how long? I think once they gain power, they'd strip them. On another note, you should make some Timcast logo stickers for cars, perhaps. Oh. And you're probably right. One hundred percent. Once they gain power, it depends. The actual libertarian left pro-gun will always be pro-gun and want to be hippies on a farm with their guns and say, leave us alone. We share in the fruits of our labor. And that's how it works. There's like a famous commune has a hundred people and they mind their own business. That doesn't scale up. You can't make a 330 million government based on left libertarianism. Sorry, it doesn't make sense. Right libertarianism does because capitalism is a structure by which people can associate and form, you know, an economy. And then you have the authoritarian left, which is the natural progression of the libertarian left when they realize they can't actually scale up their world. So then they become, they, they are pro-gun. And then once they realize the only way to maintain their system at scale is to oppress people, then they do. There you go. All right. The Breeze says, I don't know, the Breeze job application. Remember when you said you would read people's application if they sent you $50? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a joke. Wow. Here's $100. So read it twice. Love you guys. Uh, well, we will just search the Gmail for the breeze. We'll see what we can find. Love. All right. Let's see. We got a couple more here. EY says, what is it? Sun Say? I don't know what that is. Sun Say is uh, Sun Jian's son. He was a Chinese warlord from the Wu province, Southeast China. Sun Say? He, around the, the, well, the, he's not speaking Ch- uh, Chinese or whatever. S-U-N- he's saying the Sun Say, and then there's like, oh, I don't I understand. What the S-U-N-C-E. No. Nope. Different Sun Say. Julie Simone says, thanks for bringing Cassandra back. I get her passion for West Virginia. I recently relocated from CA to Florida and feel the same. The level of personal respect for people in Florida is so refreshing after seven years in California. Awake, not woke. Hi, Ian. Hi. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations on getting out of there. I lived in California for a decade and I would never want to go back. Goosey Goose says, idea for merch. Don't tread on me, but with baby chickens instead of snake. (laughs) Also, hello, Cassandra. Keep it the good fight. Uh, Your friend, Goose. That'd be great. Little chicks. Don't tread on me, one of them says. (laughs) I think it should be a goose, like, attacking somebody. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because, like, gooses are nuts. When I, when I, yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, geese. (laughs) Gooses. Gooses. (laughs) When I was, I I can't remember, I I can't remember the name of the park in California. Echo Park? No, 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 no. The one, the one that's off of uh, Wilshire. Close to um, east over there, yeah, yeah, it's east. It's, it's named park. after a, a soldier, right? Is it MacArthur Grant Park? No, oh, it is MacArthur. Yeah, I think it's MacArthur, MacArthur park? park. Yeah, there's a bunch of crazy geese, and they are massive, and they harass you. They, they go, uh, uh, and they chase after you. And you're yeah. like, get out of here! And they'll like, they'll peck at you, and like, give me food. They're they, big they charge too. you. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrified of birds, except for chickens. <laughs> I can deal with chickens. We probably killed off all the geese that could fly because those things are nasty. Mm. If they could fly at you. Ugh, I, they're I, all geese, food. I can't. All right, we'll just do a. We'll do a couple chickens. more here. Sonny James says, I literally watched a Reuters article edited like three times. The unvaccinated fear exclusion. They think they edited the title. I swear the original I watched says those on the green passport are told what they can and cannot do. I saved it before uh, RT Reuters edited. You can go to archive.is and drop a link and it'll clone the website archiving it for basically ever. 
And that's one thing you can do if you're trying to track this, these changes. Z McKnight says, I am also from the from Southside Richmond. The city isn't growing, and that's why I left. The leadership isn't good in the River City. That's that's a bummer, man. When these cities are falling apart because, you know, you get bad leadership because people, you know, many people aren't paying attention. Bad leadership comes in, destroys a city. Good people leave. And the city keeps falling in a downward spiral. It's a brain drain. I love studying history yeah. for that reason. Like civilizations are so transient. There's never been one that's lasted more than, I don't know, a couple thousand years that we know of. Well, they like will break apart and then reform under similar names or the same groups. And it's like, like I'll put myself in the mind of an Athenian looking at the beautiful towers and, and structures and thinking this can this is the greatest that's ever come and it will never end because it's so great. And then it would just get wrecked by a, a po by an external military, by a plague, by a earthquake like yeah. none yeah. of this is, is forever. All right. Last super chat. The most important path of resilience says geese are essentially cobra chickens. Yes. And there it is. <laughs> My friends, thanks all. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out. Make sure you smash that like button because it really does help. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review because that especially helps us out. You can follow me on social media at TimCast. Uh, and my other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. The show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So we will be back tomorrow. Make sure you come. Make sure you come and hang out. And again, share the show if you like it. Cassandra, do you want to shout anything out? Um, yeah, I'm on Parlor at Cassandra. I'm on Telegram, Gab, Twitter, you name it. If you want to come yell at me or be angry or... Uh, at Cassandra Rules or Cast Rules? At Cassandra, Cassandra Rules, Rules on Twitter and on... Gab, I believe. And on Parlor, it's just Cassandra. But yeah, come say hi. <laughs> do you have a video channel? No. Where you make videos? You'd be so, I'd love to watch that. Well, we're going to oh, do this, uh, this, parent, this, this yeah. cults, conspiracies, cults and conspiracies with Cassandra. I like it. Yes, uh, hey, guys. Well, thank you for everything. I'm Ian Crossland, and you can follow me at iancrossland.net and bounce around all my social networks from there. Right, I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Real Sour Patch Lids on Instagram, where I do my little nightly show after where I talk about what we talked about on the show. We are going to have a very special members only exclusive coming up at TimCast.com in just about an hour. So make sure you go there, become a member if you would like to watch it. But we got a massive library that we've been accumulating of all these different people. So uh, become a member, support the show, and we'll see you all there. Bye, guys.